So what's happened now, it seems to me, with these prop bets, Luby, is that uh, it's kind of like fantasy football has just turned into total degeneracy football. And, uh, you know, they're asking you, I mean, think about this. Why would I be aware that there was a proposition bet out there, the over-under number of touchdown passes for Mac fucking Jones? Who cares how many touchdown passes he throws? He's going to play for the Patriots this year. You're thinking the Patriots are burial city. Are they not? Maybe Belichick finally calls it quits. He snaps during the course of the season. He realizes, what am I doing? I got Matt Patricia calling plays? Hey, Matt, <laughs> throw the ball. Exactly. Logic, I mean, uh, has no business in sport. That's why these <laughs> businessmen all fail. We would be successful as uh, sports team owners, but we don't have the money to own a team. Almost every fan could fall into the same category. The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. That is a bit of a unique problem, isn't it? We would be successful as team owners, Mike Louie Lubitz, but we don't have the money to own a team. <laughs> it takes quite a bit of cash now to uh, buy a team. I, I don't even know. Uh, the uh, Walmart people barely were able to afford the uh, Denver Broncos at $4.5 billion. Unbelievable. Exactly. Think of all the stuff they've sold at Walmart over the years. Uh, hey, good morning, everybody. On a fine Wednesday, good to be with you. The Depot Show here on South Florida Live. Jeff DeForest and one. Mike Luby Lubitz, a very festive Mike Luby Lubitz, who uh, spent the afternoon yesterday with the Gambling Gourmet at one of our favorite stops on the tour. And uh, that was part of Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, which you can catch at noon right here on South Florida Live. I I'm getting a lot of questions, Luby, about what happened to the radio show. I was at, uh, you'll, you'll find this kind of interesting, oh, wow. but uh, there was the annual Deadpool celebration party last night. At uh, a local bar. I, I don't know that they want to be associated with the fact that uh, this is a place where the Deadpool is run out of. But uh, the bar really doesn't have anything to do with it, except they're more than willing to uh, have the people come out there uh, once a month uh, for the uh, draw and or the payoff. And in this case, uh, they throw a party every year, uh, which was great. And the Mustang uh, had a chance to pull one of the numbers out for uh, the raffle for the prizes at the end. The last prize. Mustang and they bring the bucket over to the Mustang and whose number does she pull out? Our number. So maybe that's a sign that things are going to go well in New Orleans uh, when we head over there uh, for the weekend uh, to celebrate uh, the Mustang's birthday. But uh, yeah, Deadpool uh, dinner yesterday and, uh, you know, it, it was kind of fun, uh, kind of interesting, although you would consider it sort of a macabre occasion. No, there were no tombstones or anything like that decorating the room. It wasn't like a Halloween party, Louis. But, uh, no, a very nice time had by all. It was uh, good, good stuff. But, uh, anyway, uh, a lot of stuff happening on the uh, sports platform and around the world as well. I guess it doesn't pay to be like a Republican that actually follows a line of logic. Liz Cheney, Kaputsky, <laughs> you can imagine. It's still overwhelming to me, the power that the Trumpster wields. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, is it just a symbolic thing? Well, what is it? Mm -hmm. Does he represent, like, uh, anything that is anti-progress? and our uh, logic, rationale, humanitarian type of uh, efforts. Mm -hmm. And so uh, anybody that lines up against it, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know, what, what are they thinking in Wyoming? I mean, here's a one woman that had a little bit of a spine and you know, was willing to go out and uh, say, hey, you know what, uh, my commitment is to doing the right thing. This guy ain't doing it. And the next thing you know, she loses out to some uh, flaming Trump uh, sycophant that uh, was screaming, yeah, we need that. Oh, she was a crazy person. That lady's a nut. Oh my Lunatic, God. Lunatic, right? That lady's a nut. 
Oh, my God. Holy shit. What the hell is going on out there? So it's a little bit frightening. I mean, I, I don't know. Can the indictment come before he ends up being president again? That, that's, <laughs> I don't know, man. Where do we go? That's Costa Rica's out, right? After the professor's trip there, I don't <laughs> exactly. think uh, he kind of tainted my view of Costa Rica. And anyway, that's not a non-extraditable country, is it? That's kind of where I probably would need to go. All right. Uh, so many things happening. Um, this reminded me a little bit, and I'm watching it right now a replay of it, and I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I found myself, I'm at the uh, Deadpool party, and I, I, I requested the remote because I wanted to see the Serena Williams-Emma Raducanu match that was taking place in the Cincinnati uh, Western and something open. It's uh, named for some bank, but it's in Cincinnati. A prelude uh, to the U.S. Open, which is going to take place, what, starts a week from Friday, I think you said? Uh, the 29th. A week from Starts the 29th, a week from 29th. Monday, okay, a week so, from Monday, so like a, a week couple from of weeks Monday. away. All right. All right. So, uh, and that's obviously the uh, fourth slam. Uh, there'll be a lot of interest in that. The uh, women's side and the men's, I think, both extremely wide open as far as uh, who the eventual winner is going to be. Uh, women's tennis, uh, they've been just flipping positions uh, all year long. And a lot of young uh, talent has come to the rise. But uh, the one thing that we know is that Serena doesn't have it anymore. I, I do remember... And uh, this was very beneficial to me, uh, the uh, favorable publicity that came out right before Muhammad Ali, who had already shown that he didn't have it anymore, uh, decided to get in the ring and fight Larry Holmes. I, I can still hear the fight doctor, Freddie Pacheco, screaming, don't do it, Muhammad. Don't do it, Muhammad. I mean, he, he was absolutely appalled at uh, Muhammad Ali. And thank, I, I think he walked out of being in his corner for that fight. Uh, he just was uh, so appalled that. Uh, Ali was going to get in there with Larry Holmes. It was still very sharp at the time. This wasn't the geezers at Caesars. This was, uh, you know, uh, one of those uh, deals where Holmes was uh, sort of, you know, in his prime, but maybe a little past, but still razor sharp. And Ali was finished, a, a complete shot fighter. I mean, just had no business getting in the ring. So this was great, Luby. Uh, right, right before the fight, a picture comes out of Muhammad Ali, who had been uh, known to be out of shape. I mean, if you saw some of the... Every now and then you'll see a documentary and they'll show Ali training for some of his ladder fights. And he's not even trying, right? And he's in there like feigning a jab with a little kid and cracking jokes. And, you know, and look, I, I'm, I'm the biggest Muhammad Ali fan or, or was uh, at the time and uh, still remain. I mean, just uh, absolutely amazed by the uh, career, the skills, and uh, the impact that Muhammad Ali had uh, as an athlete. Not that he was perfect, right? I mean, it's not like we're saying Joe Biden is perfect. But, um, you know, and he had his flaws. I mean, uh, the way he treated Joe Frazier was uh, just absolutely cruel, which uh, seemed out of character. He, he occasionally, as uh, gracious as he was about certain things uh, and humble as he was about certain things, every now and then he would seem like a little bit of an evil side, right? Maybe it takes that to be a boxer. I, I don't know, Libby. What do you think? Do you have to have some kind of inner thing in you that just wants to destroy people? Yes, you're boxing. I don't know. I mean, you've talked to <laughs> boxers. Uh, a lot of them just view it uh, as a sport, right? Yes. And uh, that's it. They, they don't have any animosity. It's just the guy that's in there against them is uh, their opponent, and their job is to win. And, uh, you know, winning entails uh, beating the living snot out of a guy. So uh, that's what they do. I, I'm not sure, you know, what it is, uh, the psychiatric and psychological uh, trigger that, uh, you know, gets these guys motivated to go out there and uh, just start uh, winging punches in a guy's face when he's hurt. But uh, anyway, a picture comes out of Ali, and uh, he had been taking some kind of thyroid medication, and all of a sudden he, he's in the paper, and he looks ripped at like 230 pounds. And everybody thought, oh, wow, look at this. Ali's finally serious. He, he's going to get in there, and he's going to beat Larry Holmes. 
And Larry Holmes went off, I believe, in that fight. Uh, we might have to attract this uh, for historical, uh, you know, uh, certainty. But uh, I believe he went off as a six to five favorite Jeez. to beat Larry Holmes. This in a fight where he had no chance. I mean, <laughs> there, there was zero chance. Uh, Angelo Dundee didn't want even want, didn't want to go to Las Vegas with the guy. <laughs> but you know, out of loyalty, he went and worked his corner. And uh, after each round, or even before each round, uh, everybody was screaming, "Stop it, ref! Stop it!" Oh, jeez, was that bad? And uh, it was horrible. Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, Holmes was begging the referee to stop the fight. Uh, I mean, he, he's got uh, Ali in the corner. He's throwing up a few punches, and he steps back and goes, "Please come on." Spare this guy, just oh beat him, right? So it was just so, so completely lopsided that, uh, I mean, it was a very generous six to five, I think, that we collected on uh, Larry Holmes. I, I put as much money as I could on Holmes in that fight because I wasn't buying the, the phony rhetoric that uh, somehow Ali was back. How is he going to overcome, like, his previous few fights where he, he looked awful and they were getting more and more uh, spaced apart? I mean, he just wasn't the same guy. And, and I bring this up for a reason because, uh, wow, that, that's how Serena looks. She, she she looked like Ali in the Larry Holmes fight last night. Gets out there for round one of the uh, Cincinnati tournament and is facing, finally, Luby, faced, facing a seeded player because uh, she doesn't have a ranking at this point. She's uh, won one match, I believe, in the last year and change. She had that one win when she got by the uh, first round at a tournament a couple of weeks ago. Immediately got knocked out in the second round uh, by uh, Benching, who uh, got bounced out in the first round of this tournament. So it's not like she was uh, in there against, you know, killers or anything. And can we say killers or are we going to get in trouble with uh, the New York Times on that? All of a sudden we'll be in that same uh, space as this poor guy Adler who uh, never worked another <laughs> tennis match again. God. What the hell is going on in the world out there? It's just amazing, right? Guy uses one phrase that, uh, you know, everybody knows what he meant except the people that uh, decided to be offended by it. <laughs> it's crazy. Right? Cost him his career. Unbelievable. Uh, but wow, a shot fighter gets bageled and smeared uh, there in the second set. A bagel. What? When would you ever see Serena Williams bageled in the first round? I, and if you are Serena Williams and you're getting bageled in the first round, now, now uh, she's more entitled. Uh, you know, she's more than entitled to the salutation she's going to receive at the U.S. Open. And, and and I hope the crowd goes nuts and applauds the greatness of her career accomplishment. That's what it is, uh, right? Like she wants that. She wants to, you know, the Lou Gehrig, she wants to, like, tip her cap. Like, is that what, like, I don't understand why she's still playing at this point, outside of the fact that she wants everyone to give her the standing O, you know, for a great career. Because she doesn't I play matches. Know, <laughs> like, if you lose, how, how big of a tour could it be if you're losing in the first round in straight sets? Routinely. Routinely. I mean, to that, uh, I keep forgetting uh, the uh, girl's name, uh, Oh, Han tan Lick or whatever her tan. name was. Yeah, Harmony yeah. Tan. tan. I'll never forget that. Harmony Tan. That's yeah, the best. Harmony Tan. <laughs> I just made up a name. Uh, yeah, I mean, losing to that girl, it was a slicer dicer. I mean, she should have been on a Ron Popeil Vegematic commercial. <laughs> this girl, man. I mean, everything was a cutter. It was just uh, it was embarrassing for a pro to play like that, although she did win a couple of rounds after that. But uh, it hasn't been heard from since. Uh, Raducanu uh, won the U.S. Open last year at like the age of what, sixteen or seventeen? Oh God! Uh, she's she's right up there. I mean, uh, with Coco Goff and uh, this uh, Layla Fernandez, who uh, was in the finals of the U.S. Open last year. Remember the two teenagers made yep. it to the uh, finals of the U.S. Open? That was great, and, and they were both uh, good stories. Uh, what what a polished kid too! This uh, Raducanu is. Saw the interview with her after the match. I mean, I, I'm thinking this girl can't be. I don't even know if she's eighteen yet. 
trying to find will be uh, Emma Raducanu. I know, I'm trying to find uh, Great Britain. And uh, wow, what, what, a, what a great, great polished, uh, you know, and uh, distinguished character she had for a girl so young that's had this kind of success. And she said all the right things. I, I don't know that Serena would have been the same. Serena kind of walked out of there, looked like she was pissed. It was embarrassing. She had it's one brief moment where she looked like Serena, like uh, she was down 4-1. It looked like she was going to get blown off the face of the planet, maybe win uh, three games in the entire. She only won four games in the two sets anyway. But uh, she came back. She broke Raducanu. And uh, then you thought, well, maybe. And she showed signs of life in the next game, but then uh, went on and lost the set in sort of routine fashion. And then uh, Bagel Ruski in, in the second set. Serena Williams Bagel in the first round of the tournament. That that That's headline material. I don't even care if she's coming back for all-timers day. You're not going to see Serena get Bagel. Very embarrassing, uh, Luby, uh, the performance. And she walked out of there kind of – place was packed. It, it was interesting because they had her, of course, at center court, which I, I think is deserved. I, I'm not opposed to the showcasing of Serena Williams. It's just <clears> – <throat> and I, I guess it's good that we know that there's some finality to it because uh, we don't want to see Willie Mays taking that swinging bunt there or see Serena fall down in some embarrassing fashion and get hurt in a match. Uh, you know, it just isn't necessary, but – uh, anybody that had money on this, and uh, I never did see the odds, but uh, you, you could have bet every dime in your pocket that uh, there was no way that Serena Williams was going to beat this young lady. And uh, not only did she not beat her, she didn't raise a gallop in the match and walked out of there kind of uh, with her head down a little bit. Body language for Serena Williams was not strong. And, of course, uh, we have said this. Uh, the body looks a little bit more like, I don't know, do you remember the uh, player Gates Brown? No. no. Major League Baseball. She kind of looks like Gates Brown. She does. I mean, body-wise, body type-wise, <laughs> if you remember this guy. I mean, I, I think she's going on way, but That's I don't not body looks- shaming. It's just, uh, you know, when they show highlights of Serena and you look, she was always large. She's just not but, the same. But, you know, for uh, standards of women's tennis. Uh, but, uh, wow, I mean, she, she looks entirely different than she did. And uh, any movement that she's forced to uh, have to exhibit or exert, there's nothing happening after that, right? She can't take two steps one way or the other and make a shot. Look, I get it. At this oh, yeah. point, she's earned leaving how she wants to leave. We were yeah. talking to a few people who said she's earned it. Okay. Yeah. Just because you've earned it doesn't mean that it's good to leave on a horrendous note. Like, I, it's sad. Like, I I forgot about the match, and then I just looked at the score, and I'm like, really straight sets like that? Like, come on, man. And Radakan was 19, by the way, and she's the British number one, and she's reigning U.S. Open champion, and that's fine. Like, no, she's a real player. There's no doubt. That's barely raising a gallop, though. Like, I like. Why are you? Why would you do that? I, I don't know. Look, I I'm I I've never hit those greats. So I guess when you've worked that hard to get to that place, you want to leave how you want to leave. But don't you want to leave? It, it was the thing with Bobby Bowden to me. Like people are like, well, he should. Leave. Why would he want to leave? Tarnishing the the legacy he made. Like you can leave however you want to leave, but at some point, don't you want to just go out like the John Elway route? Go out into the sunset, like galloping off and you know like why would you want to go off like limping on the ground carrying your leg behind you like with no shot i don't get it anything except uh you know going out there i don't know if it's particularly embarrassing i mean she's still playing professional tennis so she hadn't played for a year she's had i want to say uh what would it be she won one match so she was one and one in that tournament and uh lost uh, now she's like one in three in matches coming back uh after a year layoff after uh, having a child, I, I don't know. Did that come in between there too? How old's that kid? She been around. Uh, she been yeah, around for a while. Older, there was yeah, a kid man. in the stands there. Um, 
Uh, the salutation uh, would be appropriate. Uh, I don't know who she's going to play in the first round of the U.S. Open. Whoever it is, I- I'm thinking uh, you could unload on that player, and uh, there'll be a lot of sentimental money maybe on Serena. She's not winning the tournament, so uh, any people that are thinking about taking money out of their pocket there and making this bet, it's almost like this guy. Uh, there was uh, an article today. A guy put down uh, uh, 1500 on a prop bet in Las Vegas, uh, betting a futures bet on the NFL. Uh, he bet that uh, Will Fuller, uh, will be the league leader in touchdown receptions. What? Will Fuller. Now? You got 501 on Will Fuller. What He's going to get he 750,000 if uh, Will Fuller leads the uh, NFL in touchdown receptions. What team is he now, on? Here's the only problem, uh, Louie. Will Fuller is not even on a team. Yeah, right. what team is he on? I, like, no one's picked him up. He had None. That... <laughs> Imagine. I don't care how much That's money another one of those calls to the back, isn't it? Hey, Lou, <laughs> we got a guy out here who wants Will Fuller, 1500 You want to take it? Yeah, we'd have to give him 750000 Okay, no problem. I mean, what casino is really going to risk paying out 750000 on anything that has a legitimate chance on a $1,500 bet? Do they need the 1500 at Caesars Palace? No. Nah. Caesars Resorts, are they hurting for this guy's 1500 They should have actually uh, sent him straight to Gamblers Anonymous. Yes, no? <laughs> Like you're just throwing money away at that point. Like the dude's not even in the league. Fifteen hundred, not not like you know fifty. Fifteen hundred at twenty at five hundred one. The odds on the prop bet went from five hundred one because it is fifteen hundred. Shows you how little money is actually bet on this kind of stuff. And, and I would imagine there there are limits. The professor always talks about this that uh, they're not letting you bet two hundred grand on something like this. All right, so I mean you're probably limited to like five hundred tops. Uh, but they took the fifteen hundred. Probably because, I mean, uh, you know, the guy probably uh, took it and went straight to like a Vegas strip club and started going Mayweather, just throwing money in the air. This was just money that somebody came and dropped off at the casinos, essentially, with no chance to win the bet. Guy's not even on a roster. How's he going to lead the league in touchdown passes? What do you think? Uh, no, Bit of a uh, waste of money. Yes, it's a waste. Uh, the odds went down to 101 now. You're only getting 101 on Will Fuller if you want to follow in this man's footsteps. You know how people are at the track, and there's a guy that's usually pretty sharp. And everybody respects him as a better, and he puts, hey, give me 200 to win on a four. Give me a $100 exact the box, two four. And, uh, you know, the, the word starts circulating. Hey, you see that guy, man? He put 200 to win on a four. He bet $100 exact the box with the two. So all of a sudden, you're influenced and thinking, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you just uh, figure immediately this man is a crazy man? <laughs> he has no idea what he's doing. So, you know, and people will go. I mean, they'll be online. They'll hear a guy bet 200 on the four. They'll throw a few bucks on the four. So I, I don't know if anybody was behind this guy in line when he put the 1500 on Will Fuller, but uh, you would have to think that that is a bizarre prop bet. Any dime that's bet on Serena to win the U.S. Open is in that same uh, capacity in terms of uh, possibility of returning any money on your investment. Yeah, I mean, you are dreaming, people. Dreaming. Now watch her go out and win. No, yeah. nah, I think it would be, I, mean, I don't think she could uh, play seven matches. I, I really don't. I, I think by the end of uh, the uh, two-week run there at the U.S. Open, if she was around in the final, I, she would have to just, uh, you know, default and, and say, I, I, I can't do it. She looked like she was out of gas three games into the uh, match last night. Breathing heavily in the corner there. Needed a cut, man. It was uh, pretty pretty insane. But anyway, uh, so this will probably be it. Uh, those tickets are going for a lot of money. Uh, on a side court, they had this uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who, who's the hottest guy in tennis right now outside of Kyrgios. And uh, th- this guy's a, a definitive draw and a, an attraction. I, I would want to go see this guy play. I mean, if I had a choice of seeing uh, Raducanu and Serena on one court, which was played uh, on the uh, main court in the stadium court, 
uh, or Alcaraz, uh, you know, knocking the crap out of the ball, I, I would go to the side court and watch Alcaraz. But this is all part of the salutation. And uh, I, I'm hoping, I mean, she should get like any number of standing ovations there, Serena. No, send her off in a good light. I don't know. She never killed anybody. She wasn't the nicest person. Uh, we we kind of turned on her because uh, we don't like phonies. Yeah. We really don't. Yeah. We want you to just be straight up. If you are an asshole, just be an asshole. Be an There's asshole. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> just be an asshole. Don't pretend to be a nice person. Exactly. Just be the asshole that you are. That That's going to be my uh, motto for living from now on. Just be the asshole <laughs> that you are. There's your lesson, man. Who says you don't get life lessons here? We'll get some from Tony Segreto. That's true. Uh, he's going to join us at 8 o'clock today. We'll go a little old school with Tony. Uh, I don't know if uh, Tony was able to catch that Dolphin preseason game, if he has any great observations on that. And I thought O.J. McDuffie was pretty good yeah, talking about good. it yesterday. I mean, he's always great, but, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't go overboard with anything. But I think we got the proper dose of enthusiasm. I was reading another prospectus there on the AFC East this morning, Luby. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what did they say? And, and I think this was kind of fairly put. If you're talking about the biggest question mark facing the Miami Dolphins is what? It's two. It's two. Okay. And, and whether or not he measures up. Uh, and uh, the, the man's quote was, whoever wrote this uh, little piece, Tua, his ceiling remains a mystery. And that is true, is it not? I mean, that's how true. high can this guy go? Have we seen the best of Tua Tagovailoa? I, I don't think so. No, that's not possible. Uh, could he be better? I, I, I tell you what, whoever is editing the highlight film that is released to the press or whatever, you know, these news stations are taking, every pass this guy throws is a dart yes. in practice. Now, there's nobody coming after him. He's no. not running around. There's nobody covering the receivers on these throws. <laughs> but he, he throws a beautiful ball, doesn't he? Yes. He really does. Yes. In a perfect spiral every I time. Mean. There's no wobble. I mean, it doesn't look like something that came off the hand of Joe Cap. Joe's <laughs> like a ball. perfect ball, and he spins it out there pretty quickly. I, I, I don't know. Why Why wouldn't this guy have some potential? Uh, perhaps what? With, with better coaching or mm-hmm. with a coach that uh, wasn't? If somebody just hates everything you do, like what's the case <laughs> uh, You know, with our program director? He didn't stop us. <laughs> I, I know, I, you know, I could feel it. You know, you sense these things. You, you try to feel the audience when you're doing this stuff. I mean, even though, obviously, can I really get out there and, and reach out and touch you guys? No. I no. mean, no, we have nice ways of communicating here yeah. with the chat line and all of that stuff. And, you know, in general, from uh, meeting a lot of people that uh, we've talked to over the years uh, in uh, various uh, capacities, radio, TV, right now with the streaming, uh, you, you have the impression that people kind of follow along with, with what you're doing and, and they get it. Yeah. I, I feel very uh, comfortable in that. But at the same time, you, you could hear, I could feel the program director cringing with every segment that we put on the air. Cringing. And then begrudgingly coming in and going, oh, you guys going to do that all day? We're like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. This is what we do. Stream of consciousness. Uh, she was very opposed to that. She thought that that was, uh, you know, no, no way to do radio. You you definitely need, uh, you know, topical stuff where we can sit there and debate, uh, you know, who, who's the better quarterback, Marino or Montana. That's what you mean. Always a very tangible argument, uh, you know, and uh, it usually uh, is resolved with the same question being asked at the end of the argument. Yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> Are the Jets going to be any good this year? I don't know. No idea. A uh, favorable report on your uh, man, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, I guess, uh, I, I don't know. Has there ever been a surgery that's ever been deemed a failure? No, there's someone Troy saying that is no big deal, though, anymore. Yeah. yeah, he had the surgery uh, yesterday, and I suppose he's going to have a quick return. The uh, New York Press, at least uh, represented by the New York Post, which I read this morning, 
is uh, concerned that, uh, you know, there, there may be a temptation on uh, Salah, the new coach. Well, was there last year, but the relatively new coach of the Jets, that uh, Robert Salah is going to try to rush Wilson back. And, and that was the big warning. Don't get all crazy about having him ready for opening day, which is what? Three weeks away? Three weeks away. Is that right? Yeah. To our meniscus, I mean, uh, based on my own experience with it, I mean, uh, there, there's no reason this guy couldn't come back and be at full strength by uh, opening day, uh, based on that. Two to four weeks is what I uh, saw. I mean, he's a young kid, too, so he should heal quick. Should be quick. I don't know. I, I guess there are varying degrees of this injury. Uh, mine yes. must have been pretty minor because uh, I literally, uh, you know, I walked to my car right after the surgery and was fine. <laughs> uh, all in that, you know, you have this big bandage on and you're thinking, well, geez, I should be in pain. But guess what? I'm not. <laughs> you're going to take these steps one at a time. But then, uh, you know, in the end, you end up just running up and down the stairs there, uh, you know, and you're thinking, wow, this is only one day after this surgery. This is fantastic. Thank you to Dr. McKay. He did a great job. And that, that juice, whatever he put in my other knee, this is good stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you. Didn't seem that way at first, but this is good stuff. It's some kind of gel thing that, uh, you know, it cushions uh, the fact that you have, like, bone on bone. And, uh, you know, staves off the idea that you might need a, a knee replacement, which is nothing that I think anybody looks forward to. Correct? Here I am. But I'm doing this at, like, 70-something. So if... Uh, you know, if Zach Wilson's in any kind of shape, you would have to think that, uh, you know, his young blood is going to help him heal yeah. a lot faster. So maybe he'll be ready. I don't know. Opening day. It's already a disaster for the uh, Met. I mean, the Jets, because uh, they have uh, Becton out of there. Now, now, did the Mets uh, lose again last night? I didn't see the score. I think they did. No? Mets uh, and the Braves uh, were going at it? Because uh, that, that thing's getting pretty tight there in the National League East, if that's the case. Uh, who, who won this ball game last night? Oh, wow. Uh, the Mets. Oh, the Mets are in trouble. Oh, that's not good. Braves won 5 nothing. 5 zip. All right. 5 nothing. So they won, uh, I think, 13-1 in the first game of the series and 5 nothing last night with everything on the line now. Now, if uh, the Mets uh, win this series, uh, they were up, uh, what? They were up 5.5 on the Braves coming into the series and now up 3.5 on the Braves. Now, that's getting very that's interesting, Louie, because guess what? We're not into September yet. And that race is already going to be yeah, it's uh, not good. tight. And uh, you would have to think both of those teams make the postseason. Yeah. But, uh, I think the Braves are well ahead in the uh, wild card chase. Like, uh, they're, they're up like six games or something in the wild card chase. So it'd be pretty hard for the Mets to fall out of that spot. But, uh, wow, what a, what a disappointment it would be if all, all of a sudden. Uh, and the Mets uh, lost a couple of starters now, uh, starting pitchers. Uh, they had, uh, what, uh, Carrasco? He was uh, injured uh, two nights ago, and uh, this guy, uh, Walker, uh, got hurt last night, I think. Yeah. So uh, very, very rough uh, period of time here, and it could be interesting uh, watching uh, what develops there in the National League East. Uh, Other than that, I don't know. I mean, uh, you do have tight races for the wild card. They had an extra wild card team, and that put more teams in the race that uh, would be hopelessly out of it at, at this point. Uh, were it not for the fact that they uh, decided to go with uh, an extra two teams in the postseason. And that keeps it interesting. Uh, the Marlins uh, got a win last night. And, and how about this, Luby? They row. staved off infamy. They scored four runs in the ballgame. Uh, and uh, for the first time in, in beating the San Diego Padres 4-3. to three, And uh, for the first time in 17 games, oh, 17 they broke a 17-game streak of having three runs in a game or less. <laughs> they were about to tie a record by, like, the, uh, you know, like, uh, the, uh, eight socks. 1908, <laughs> like, New York Highlanders or something. Before they were even the Yankees. 
of ineptitude. So uh, I, I don't know uh, how excited you could get. I, I, again, I tuned in uh, at the most disastrous moment. They're up 3 nothing. Yeah, weren't they winning the whole I, game? Uh, flipping channels. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I tune in, and it's 3 nothing. I tune away for a while, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, let's see what happens here. I, I come back to it about, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes later. Bases loaded, and uh, Machado's at the plate. And, uh, of course, he, he drills one in the gap there for a three-run <laughs> double. First pitch I saw. I, I'm a jinx. I'm the Rachel you Nichols. Are. Yeah, you are. Of the uh, local <laughs> baseball team. It, it, it's kind of uh, tough to take. All right, uh, many things uh, happening on a lot of different fronts. I, I, I did post this, uh, and I'm curious to just get a general reaction. Is, uh, I was trying to think. I, I'm watching all these little kids going to school. They had a lot of stories on the news about kids going to school for the first day of school. Uh, I guess in the county, Broward County was yesterday. Yes. Dade County, it's today. They're all going off to school. And uh, the big concerns of the new school superintendents, both counties have new school superintendents. And it's a very lucrative job, and it does appear to be some kind of a stepping stone sort of job, if you want it to be, right? Who was the guy with the hair that was uh, the Dade County Commissioner uh, for, for a long, long time? And now he's like the commissioner of, like, the L.A. County schools or something. They offered him, like, huge money to go to New York. He turned it down, and I, I think now he went to the West Coast. So it, it's a good stepping stone job, superintendent of schools in South Florida, either uh, Dade or Broward County. But both of them expressed, uh, you know, one of their big concerns about the year was uh, the nutrition of these students. And uh, I, I, you know, was led, you know, to think back to when I was going to school, like grade school, and you got to school lunch. Yeah. Hardly was there any attention being paid to any of the principles of nutrition when they were making this shit. I can tell you. <laughs> So I was thinking, well, what was your favorite? I mean, it was always like a thing. You you would get the menu and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, right? Yep. What was it? Was it the horrible pizza? So we had Mexican Sloppy pizza. Sloppy Joe's? We had a, Mex a thing called Mexican pizza that everyone I know had a soft spot for. And I've never found it since anywhere. Um, like other places that have Mexican pizza, it's not the same. So I don't know where they got this thing from. And it was the material for the actual pizza was the dough was, I don't know what, you call it, <laughs> but we grew up yeah. and it was like a thing that we all loved. And I don't know what it was made out of and I never want to know, but um, that was something we all looked forward to. And, and I don't know really what it was, to be brutally honest. Spaghetti, was that like uh, mm. one of the favorites? Uh, I don't know that they, they never really served chili where I was. Chili was not a big thing. That, that might have been, uh, you know, a big plus. You had various sandwiches, but they were not the exotic kinds that Mayo has been experiencing here on his National <laughs> Sandwich Month campaign, which, by the way, that's also known as uh, who needs Charles Bronson? I mean, Mayo is experiencing Death Wish 3. <laughs> I love that ad. Did four. they have a third Death Wish movie or was there only two? I want to say there were only two. Death Wish. Uh, but uh, this would be Death Wish 3. I mean, a guy's eating like five sandwiches a day. I, I don't know. And then. He's offsetting that with a uh, short walk. Uh, you know, he's gotten into the walk of life routine. But uh, th that would be the only salvation uh, of what this There was a Death Wish but... 3 in 1985. Oh, so he, he's Death Wish 4. 4. Wow, <laughs> We had a good time at that Costas yesterday. Yeah, uh, he didn't finish that, though, which was surprising. That, nah. at, uh, they call him what? Euros? Yeah. I call gyro. him Gyro. You can say Gyro, but it's Euro, yeah. The Greeks call it Euro. The G, you don't say the it's not a hard G. I just love that he went from there, had a sandwich. Then he had some other sandwich 
because at, the, at nighttime he sent us a thing about he wanted to make sure we knew that he found a Mexican sandwich, which a torta yeah. is a Mexican sandwich. But then he's called that his fourth sandwich. So like I'm like, where was the third? I'm like, what what are you doing? How is it possible? Yeah, I mean uh, the Mustang must be uh, watching these things now because uh, she actually said, well, uh, why don't we suggest uh, you know to uh, Mike Mayo and, and everybody else out there, uh, how about a salad a day? For yeah, <laughs> you, you've said that. You said that last week. <laughs> He hasn't it's even gotten good. into a bunch of categories yet. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, one, one of the ones that we need to explore with Mayo is uh, gas station sandwiches. Oh, Jesus. Sandwiches <laughs> that can be had at a <laughs> no. gas station. Now, you're going to have to figure that Wawa's going to run away with that. Yeah. Although, uh, I, I don't know, are Wawa sandwiches that great? No, they're good for gas station I remember for gas station sandwiches. Yes, yeah. yes. Because they actually have a guy, like, making a sandwich yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, real meat. It's not like the plutonium and case stuff <laughs> that used to get. Remember the Stewart sandwich? The Stewart sandwich. Anybody ever Stewart. eat a Stewart sandwich and live to tell about it? I don't know. <laughs> live to tell about it. There was a guy, I, I think, uh, I want to say his name was Gadabout Gaddis. He was known as the Flying Fisherman. Okay. And I, I think he had a radio show also, a fishing radio show that, uh, well, this is going way back. And I believe he was sponsored by Stewart Sandwiches because uh, you would think that that would be convenient for a fisherman, right? You go to gas up the boat, you, you go inside, you grab, uh, you know, 24 cans of beer, put it on the boat for you and the one other guy that's going fishing with you. And uh, then, you know, you figure, hey, you want a couple of these? And you grab those sandwiches. They were always like heavily wrapped, almost to the point of being disguised in saran wrap. Right. Uh, it was literally like they were wrapping a mummy. Uh, you were thinking, what, what is this, a sandwich or King Tut? <laughs> quite sure. and, and that was probably wise uh, because if they wanted to sell any of these, they, they had to be completely disguised and, and undisclosed as to uh, what was uh, comprising the sandwich. But uh, uh, we should do that, right? Gas station sandwiches? Wouldn't that be a category that we could explore? I mean, with, the ones uh, like gas that are like pre-wrapped, like the ones that you yeah. really don't know how old they are and... Convenience store, that sort of thing. Even I don't need that stuff. Jesus, that's pretty rough. I, I think it's a category worth exploring, though. I mean, uh, the guy's going to run out of ideas. <laughs> He's already had, like, his third chicken parm sandwich, and we're only uh, midway through the month. <laughs> anyway, we'll have more of that coming up uh, yeah, later on in the program. And then tomorrow he's actually going to be at a sandwich place with Nicky Mohan. I know. I don't know. Which I'm, is great. Sort of that place scared. is supposed to be dynamite, though. I may, I may even have to show up there. It's not far enough away from the house to discourage me. From uh, making that move. All right. Um, a lot to come on the program. We'll go old school with Tony Segreno. We have the uh, NFL, uh, another weekend of games on tap here. And uh, those get underway again tomorrow night. See what's on a slate here, Luby. I didn't really take a great look at it. The uh, Oh, preseason? Oh, God. Yeah, preseason football. Dolphins, of course, uh, are hosting. Now, this is weird. I, I don't understand this. They're, they're hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Is there something that we know about the Dolphins' uh, approach to this game that the odds makers are onto? Because the Raiders, on the road, are favored by two points to win this preseason game. Is it that Josh McDaniels has some kind of penchant? Has he demonstrated some uh, great desire to win preseason ball games? The Raiders are right, two and zero, oh, aren't they? Well, and this is their what third game, so they have the third leg game. up. You know, I guess they have the leg up. Oh yeah, nonsense. maybe they're throwing their starters in there. Okay, that could be. Because uh, they do have another one. And then this is their third of four games. Yeah, they'll actually get four. So, uh, all right. Yeah, you have the Seahawks and the Bears on Thursday night. With the Seahawks favored at home by five and a hook in a preseason game. Five and a hook. That's a big number. Uh, Friday, you have three games on the slate. 
And uh, what questions will be answered in those games? Uh, looks to me like uh, virtually none. Huh? Does uh, Jameis come back and throw a couple of passes for the Saints? Is he going to be in action or is he still out injured? Not sure. Uh, the Packers, uh, you know, you would think the Packers, what, wouldn't they be inclined to have some kind of drop-off this year? I think so. We know now that Aaron Rodgers is crazy, and they don't have Devontae Adams, which, yep. I mean, he was more than a bailout factor for uh, Aaron Rodgers last year. You would have to think that maybe they go down a little bit. Uh, plus, uh, the uh, general manager and the coach, uh, they both got fat. They, they both got huge contract extensions. Based on you know uh, the merit of winning what thirteen games is it three years in a row that they won thirteen games or more? I know they, they were the number one at least two years in a row. They're the number one seed Not at least two. And then a big slate uh, of uh, games on Saturday, uh, three more on Sunday, and a Monday night football game this week. I was gonna so. say, where did the Monday night game from come from? Like, are they like televising it? Is it are they doing like Monday? Are they doing like a? I would think so. An isolated NFL game on a Monday night. You don't think somebody's going to be televising that? Like, da-na-na, Well, it's a new crew, right? So are you really going to get, what is it, Joe Buck and uh, Aikman? Like, are you getting Joe Buck and Aikman to do a preseason game? Like, is that happening? Joe Buck and Aikman never did anything special for me. Neither of those. I agree. But this is their first time on ESPN. Like, is ESPN doing, like, uh, a practice like, I, I'm so confused by that. <laughs> like, I was like, is there a Monday game? What are we doing? Why would this? you embarrass uh, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman by throwing him on an ESPN preseason game? Well, <laughs> I, I would imagine you want to showcase the fact that they're there, right? Get people used to that whole idea. Yes. Since you just paid like $800 million to have two guys announce a football game. I think Which who's so paying weird. attention anyway, right? I mean, uh, do you really... Uh, what do you remember uh, from last season? Are there any Vin Scully calls that you remember? From uh, last year, or uh, particularly particularly sharp insights that you got from a color analyst during an NFL telecast, where you said, "Wow, man, that is really deep." I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it says it's on ESPN. No. The game's on huh? ESPN. Falcons, Jets. Oh Jesus! You're not even gonna have Zach Wilson. Oh my God! And the Falcons starters, Mariota. Like, oh Jesus! Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Quick observation. I don't know. Did anybody catch this? Uh, I guess it's been decided now. I don't know who won, but uh, I, I saw a little bit of the action in the uh, Little League Softball World Series, the oh, girls' version of the Little League World Series, which, of course, uh, has been a classic event for a long, long time, although uh, maybe exploited to uh, the point of uh, you know annoyance where you know, you're seeing a zillion of these Little League games on TV on ESPN, which... I don't know. I mean, it jogs the memory bank for uh, yeah. you know a moment or two. You think back to when you were a little league player. It's kind of cool to see kids playing baseball. Uh, you know, they seem to do it in the right spirit, at least in the little league world series. The coaches aren't maniacs; they're actually saying positive things. The parents, uh, you know, aren't in fist fights in the stands, which they would be if if you were watching any normal little league game. Yeah. <laughs> You have to check people for weapons when they get out of their cars. I mean, uh, that, that's where we're at today in society. Uh, but I, I did notice this. I mean, if you thought there was cheating in the, in the male version of the Little League World Series, these girls from Maryland, there is no way that any of them were anywhere near 12 years old. It, it looked like, I don't you don't remember my favorite softball player of all time. Uh, Tony, you know, makes a you know face whenever I mention this because the girl was humongous. Crystal Bustos. Who maybe was the greatest, uh, you know, I, I know she doesn't hold a record anymore. There was, uh, you know, some uh, young lady that, that broke the record uh, for home runs in uh, college career. I'm not sure exactly what Bustos' college career was, but she was on all of these national teams. 
that the United States had on display, Olympic teams and things like that, U.S. national teams. And, man, this this woman looked like uh, – I, I was in a, a league briefly when I lived in Fontana, California, and it was the Steelworkers League because oh, the big – everybody worked at the steel plant there, Kaiser Steel. All right? Now, you should have seen these guys, Luby. Literally, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not a small person, and, and I was like uh, Billy uh, Barney out there. I oh, looked geez, like Eddie really? Goodell. When I came oh my to the God. yeah, these other guys were gargantuan, man. They didn't have a lot of singles hitters in this league, and it, it was so, I mean, impossible to stop these guys from hitting home runs. They used a, a 16 inch softball. Have you ever seen that? What? It was like hitting a bowling ball for the average guy. What the hell? And they still crushed it and hit them like like straight out of the park, oh uh, bouncing God. them off the building. There, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. And these girls from Maryland looked to be that size. Every one of them. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like you. Usually, you know, you get one, you know, big kid and then uh, the rest of them are, you know, here, here's little Johnny Jones. He's four feet eight and uh, weighs uh, 72 pounds. And his favorite movie, you know, is Rocky three. Like, <laughs> oh, great. His favorite book, you're expecting him to put up like, uh, you know, something by Dostoevsky. No, of course not. His favorite book is like a comic book. And, uh, you know, anyway, uh, th- these girls, they were massive from Maryland. Anybody uh, catch this? The, the Maryland women's or girls uh, Little League softball team. I-, I think they won the championship. Huge. <laughs> Serena looks like, uh, you know, she she uh, is uh, dwarfed by these women in terms of size. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, now, you're going to tell me those girls were all 12 and under. I don't know. There is no investigation, no no checking and verification of birth certificates, place of birth, uh, anything. I think they were even recruiting uh, women from uh, foreign countries. I, I'm not sure to what extreme. The Maryland women's uh, girls softball team was cheating, but I, I believe they won the Olympics. Check the roster there and see what they list the sizes as. I guarantee you there were at least five women there that, uh, you know, scale uh, at over 200 pounds. And, uh, you know, they, they were just annihilating people, but I, I think they were in kind of a tight uh, contest. My their, favorite their last game. is they're showing – so I found a picture. I, I, so I'm trying yeah. to get it to scale to, just to see how big they are. But the, yeah. in the picture, the coaches are there, right? There's four coaches, and at least four of the girls, if not five, are the same exact height as the coaches. They're huge. And these are grown men, and these aren't little guys, too. Like, these guys look like 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". Like they're like we know Tony Segreno loves women's softball, but I, I want to hear oh, his explanation this for this. There's at least really at do. least four, five that are nearly the same size as the coaches. At least five. I couldn't believe it. It's one after another. You know, I mean, like I said, <laughs> usually you'll see like one kid. You know, it just happens to be like uh, way oversized yeah, yeah, for the age. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens. Okay, so you can consider that somewhat legit, but but you don't see a whole lineup come up like that. No, no. The Yankees lineup wasn't as big as these girls. Right? I, I mean, some of them were bigger than Aaron Judge. <laughs> Incredible. Andy was like, I dated a softball player and went, she was tougher than me. <laughs> uh, Probably. No, softball players uh, are really. That, that, that <laughs> event just slipped quietly under the radar. Even Sarney never referenced it. No, he did not. He did not the make it. Biggest a advocate of women's sports are getting equal uh, time and coverage on these kind of shows. And yes. He never mentioned it. And yet I, I'm watching this thing and I, I was absolutely blown away by the size of the Maryland <laughs> Little League women's softball team. Uh, you know, that whole Danny Almonte thing looked like a joke <laughs> compared to what these girls were pulling off. My God, where did they find these women? <laughs> you have Cyborg. 
They went back to their factory jobs after, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. This was over. It's like they're a league of their own. <laughs> Professional crab oh, fishermen. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> Huge. All right. That's our observation oh, on sports. I don't know that we accomplished much there. But, no, uh, you know, that, that was you know, interesting, and it's rambling, I guess. <laughs> They're finding more bodies in Lake Mead uh, because of the global warming and the drought that's uh, going on. Uh, does that come as a surprise to you, Lake Mead out in Las Vegas? No, nah, I mean, out west you get droughts. I I'm, I'm sur- I, I was scared to know how many droughts California would get this year. I mean, it's been really dry. Yeah, but I mean, no, uh, I, we always thought that all of those bodies were buried in the desert somewhere. Out there these by are the human being bodies? <laughs> these are human yeah, bodies? Yeah, yeah, body parts. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they, they, they keep finding remains. So they just <laughs> this lake is bodies are just washing up all over the streets of Las Vegas, like right there on Las Vegas Boulevard on this strip. All of a sudden, here's a you know a dilapidated uh, body, uh, you know that uh, has been uh, disintegrating for the last uh, thirty years while sitting at the bottom of Lake Mead <laughs> as a reef. Hey, <laughs> babe. All right, uh, we're coming back with more. We're, we're just getting going here. Hylia Park, man, They're, they've been going strong nine years now. Uh, incredible That's job crazy. by the people in Hylia Park. Uh, I know Tony loves Hylia Park, and, and uh, you know for good reason. Because uh, I remember, you know, not only the good old days out there, but I mean the good times are more than back. Nine years of just salacious uh, entertainment going on at Hylia Park. Uh, Champion simulcasting room is great. Still have the Travers coming up, uh, and that's uh, taking place in Saratoga. There, there's no better fusion of uh, you know the actual vibe of being there, and uh, you know still catching an event on a simulcast while you remain in town, than uh, the Hylia Park setting for uh, betting Saratoga and the Champion Simulcasting Room. I mean, especially you almost feel like you're at the track there. Sit out there on the veranda there, smoking a cigar like Dave Gurgles Gurgly with a big Perdomo couple of cocktails and it's not like you have to go far to find it uh i mean they'll bring everything to you but whatever you want if you want fancy schmancy they have it if you want a hot dog they have that cuban sandwich as we said there should be should get uh you know in touch with frank fiori see if there's somehow we can arrange to have that's a move sandwich because he's, he's trying to focus Hialeah on Park. broward and i don't think anyone broward's going to touch what hialeah does so that would be the move is to no, try and like pick no, one up no. unbelievable like the day before drop it off or something yeah that would be the thing then you, you look up on the, uh, you know, the, the price sheet there and, you know, the menu and, and you know, has the prices next to it. And you're thinking <laughs> they left off a one. Yep. Right. Because, uh, you know, you're looking at this sandwich and it's like seven bucks or something. And yep. you're thinking it should be 17. Yep. So, uh, no, no. Great, great stuff there. Hylia Park. Uh, food and drink is uh, really top notch. Uh, they do a tremendous job. Always have. They always had great restaurants there and they still do. Uh, you can plan a private party there or uh, go ahead to any kind of celebration, a banquet, anything like that. Check it out, HyliaPark.com. They'll put you in touch with the right people, and uh, you can make arrangements to do anything uh, like uh, Luby nearly did with his wedding. That would have been sensational. What a party. And imagine, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, they'll bring in like a phony casino setup where I there's no there. actual cash involved there. And, they, you know, they bring in these guys and they bring a couple of poker tables in or blackjack and got a dice table and you know it's a great expense well, why not just go to a casino exactly and have your party that'd be the way to do it and have it catered and everything taken care of and uh, lots of parking and you don't have to worry about uh hey joe you mind if uh, we park a few cars in your driveway none of that set that thing up at hylia park hyliapark.com a casino's great i just saw somebody take down a fifty thousand dollar jackpot they have nice. some new machines in there that are really paying big money and so uh, you, you can you know take a shot at fame right there right it's like hitting a giant pick six Fantastic. Walk away. Uh, and that, there's no better sign on a slot machine than see attendant. 
or call attendant after making a big hit. And uh, this was like 50 dimes they were paying out just the other day at Hylia Park. And the poker room is always top-notch as well. I mean, uh, really a well-run organization all the way through. Get a player's card, all kinds of uh, great rewards associated with that. I mean, one of the dynamite rewards programs anywhere in the casino industry. Uh, Just great people all the way around. It's a home run every time you uh, make your plans to visit and actually get out there to beautiful Hylia Park. All right, we're coming back with more. Tony's going to join us in a few minutes here on the program. Tony Segreto, iconic South Florida broadcaster and known around the world. And uh, up there in Vermont, where I I have to ask him about this. I don't know if it was anywhere near him. They actually had some kind of serious crime take place there. Oh, wow. You don't think of crime in Vermont. I don't know. Is there like a shooting or something? No idea. Something happened there. I saw it on the news uh, this morning. I was half asleep, but uh, there's a blip there, and a cop car is all over the place. uh, So I hope Tony's okay. I I would imagine he is, right? But uh, you could see the rural nature of the area there. I mean, uh, Tony is really in some kind of bizarre isolation, (laughs) and yet manages to stay in touch with everything. How does he do it, this kid? He's unbelievable. Tony Segreto. All right, uh, he's going to join us uh, in a little while, and that's brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants and Catholic Health Services, two great organizations, which uh, with Texas Roadhouse, especially baffling in these hard times for the restaurant business, how how they managed to maintain the the highest level of quality at the, I mean, ridiculously low prices. It's insane how they do it. So uh, we're very proud to represent them, and Catholic Health Services, wow. I, I can't tell you what a difference it makes to have people that actually care about the patient and, and the people that are concerned about that patient and their well-being. Uh, a, a huge differential. And then when you see uh, right away, Luby, it's true. I, I noticed the uh, difference in the professionalism and the approach of Catholic Health Services with my very first email contact nice. with uh, somebody at the organization. Uh, my very first inquiry was met with like real, I mean, just uh, absolutely, uh, you know, point blank directions on how to deal with the situation and, and what they could do and, and they went out and they did it it was just absolutely amazing so um, you know you're, you're going to enjoy uh, dealing with Catholic Health Services Texas Roadhouse Restaurants great place what, what do we have in the uh, I don't know Tony's not football here season luncheon I'm, I'm yeah. whole, I, I feel like Tony sort of has to be a part we of do it without him I mean uh, do we do it without I don't him? know I, I, I'd rather do it with him but I don't know when he's coming he's, he's not here it's weird I mean I'd love to glom a uh, dinner over there at uh, <laughs> I wanted to Texas meet up and talk about it. It's an interesting idea. All right. Well, we'll find out what, what Tony's schedule. He has to come down here because he's uh, like the orange. He is the Orange Bowl committee, Tony. I don't think there are any other members left anymore. <laughs> he's running the whole show. Uh, we got the uh, national championship game, too. I don't think we mentioned that. Luby. 2026. Uh, see, the problem is it's 2026. Yeah. And I remember this when I was in L.A., what were they having? The uh, Olympic Games were going to be there, I think, in 84. Was that when they had the Los Angeles Olympic Games? And uh, I left there in uh, 1981. But, uh, you know, and, and when it was announced, I thought, wow, geez, you know, they're going to have the Olympics here. And then at this stage of my life, 2026, that's four years from now. I, I can't guarantee that I'm even going to be here. I presume you'll be less... alive. I don't know if you'll still be doing this, but I think you'll be alive. You, you, I mean, I don't know if you'll give a shit. I'll be doing something like this to my grave. There's no way I would ever give this up. Okay. I mean, it's honestly, what, what would you do? I mean, just wake up as a vegetable. I don't know. In the People morning, like retiring. Yeah. I, have no idea. I don't know. We'll retire. There's no retiring in this business anymore. There's no way out. I don't think there yeah, is no out. Who retires? <laughs> I don't know if anyone does. No. They always they always linger and do something. I mean, remember when uh, Ray Donovan was uh, dealing with the Romanians, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, this should uh, square us up." And the the woman, the nasty woman, uh, looked at him and said. There is no out. Yep. Like you're in, man. That's it. 
We'll be doing this to our grave, Louie. I, I, I don't know about you. You'll probably make a lot of money uh, That'd be wonderful. selling off South Florida Live someday. That'd be when, fine. Uh, you know, and, and, and benefit from the hard work of other people, which is the way to make it in this business. <laughs> so far, it's, that's not the case. I work at myself. All right, uh, Tony Segreto coming up in a few minutes here. Uh, that, that was a blowout, man. I mean, who figured Serena to get bageled? Wow, that would have been a bet, huh? That would have taken some balls uh, to go out there and uh, bet Serena would get bageled in the second set last night. There, there were people that actually thought she still had a chance to win. Last bit. After uh, the first set, which uh, she was badly outplayed in. And then uh, the second set was an even bigger disaster. And uh, she, she didn't look happy when she walked off. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there has to be a lot of ego involved, uh, you know. And, I mean, when, when all of a sudden, it's not like she looked like a buffoon. But this is Serena Williams we're talking about. I mean, do you, it, it, it was as sad as seeing that Willie Mays with that swinging bunt for the Mets. It, it really was. Yeah. Or a, a completely, I mean, uh, Ali didn't land a punch in that fight against Larry Holmes. All, all he did was put his gloves up and, and get socked in the face for, like, however many rounds it took place. And, and everybody was screaming at uh, Angelo, throw in a towel, Angie, come on. Stop it, ref, it's a killing. We made a killing on that one, though. Six to five, Larry Holmes. I mean, come on. Luby, every now and then they give you a gimme. I, I don't know what the odds were. We have to check that out on uh, Radicanu yesterday. But uh, I would have bet every dime I had in my pocket that she would <laughs> beat Serena Williams. <laughs> and, and once again, the acknowledgement is fair. I mean, uh, she's going to play this last match probably at the U.S. Open. I would get there for the first round. And, and then that will be the salutation, no? I guess. That, uh, I don't see her I mean, you could applaud that. every shot she takes, and uh, that would be fine. I mean, a fitting thing. A big distraction for whoever she plays in the first round, but if it's anybody. Well, and when you get to the U.S. Open, I mean, I don't know. They can't feed her a qualifier, can they? So she Maybe. gets uh, a, a guaranteed field. win? I mean, Maybe. I don't know. What is this? The, does the WTA become the World Boxing Council? <laughs> <laughs> How could that possibly be that she draws anybody but like uh, one of the seeded players? All right, uh, coming back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. This uh, young girl, only 19. Wow, what, what composure she has, uh, Luby. I mean, very, very respectful of uh, the way she handled herself uh, through the entire affair. Because, look, uh, you know, you're beating the crap out of a legend. So uh, what do you do? I mean, you call for the referee to chair umpire to, hey, could you stop it? <laughs> I thought Serena was going to withdraw out of frustration at one point, but uh, she went ahead and got the old bagel ruski. Would you say with a schmear or with cream cheese? Which way would you call it out? If you lose like that, that's with a schmear. <laughs> that's straight schmear. Schmear, yeah. She got schmeared. Uh, it is uh, 7.54. Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes, really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, 
The Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. Tell me, doctor, where are we going this time? All right, welcome back to the show. Well, always a good time for us. We get to Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and that means we go old school with our, our good friend, our dear friend, and uh, one of the legendary broadcasters of all time. I mean, uh, you know, it might be Scully. Maybe you throw Red Barber in there and uh, Dick Enberg, some of those guys. But uh, you would always have no to mention... One. Tony Segreto, somewhere in the conversation. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, the Defoe Show here on South Florida Live. Uh, and Tony joins us once again from his digs in Vermont. What, th- no, this had to be big news. Vermont, well, what the, oh, you're back home? Look at no, that. No, I'm not back home. I am actually uh, in in Michigan. Michigan? Uh, oh, okay. For, With the wife? For, uh, uh, excuse me? Is your wife still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is okay. still here, and we are here. Our uh, our niece slash goddaughter is getting married on, uh, on right. over the That's over the tough. weekend. Our daughter is in the wedding. Uh, she's flying in tomorrow tomorrow morning. Our son's flying in tomorrow night. So it's going to be a nice family reunion, and uh, and uh, it's it's great. It, it, it's it's just I, I love where uh, I love the Midwest, and and Michigan is. Uh, is such a great spot. It, it really is in terms of that. This is another town that is, you know, like New England, where they, they just love their sports. My yeah. Goodness. Great. I mean, despite the fact, I mean, they made a big deal over the fact that this was I think yesterday was the first time since July that the Tigers had won two in a row, but you oh, never geez. know it because they're, <laughs> b- because they still root for them. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness gracious me. Abs- absolutely. And you know, they're all excited, you know, whether, whether they, I, I don't know if the, the excitement is le- legitimate, but uh, for the lions, you know, and, and, uh, and they're excited I, for the lions. Home. All I can tell you is I don't think it's legitimate, but they're yeah. fans. They love their teams. It's generational. There's, you know, Children are wearing tigers or or lion shirts. People are wearing their tigers hats. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I walk around with a Yankees hat on, and again, I get the look. <laughs> you know, yeah. Probably not here. a good idea in Detroit. Yeah. That, that can be rough. Yeah. Are, are you in Detroit, Michigan, or um, just what, what just just southeast of Detroit, maybe okay. by about twenty five thirty miles. So my wife is born and raised here. Is one of one of eight in a big Italian family, and, and wow, needless to say, the the food the food bag is on. And uh, uh, I, I, what's, what's, what's great for me is being being born in New Jersey. And as you don't know, in, in, in New York, Jeff, uh, being brought up there, or, I mean, born there and, and, and on every market and every corner, you'd see an Italian market of some sort, you know, which sure. is just the greatest, whether it's cookies or breads or whatever. The smell and, of the cheese. Has and, still, and, yeah, uh, exactly. Has exactly. With me. The smell and, of the cheese. Yeah. And that's the way it is here. So it's just, you know. If you're going to, you know, Bomberitos or this place or that place, you know, <laughs> different things. So that's what, that's what, you know, and then the afternoon, my wife goes, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm just look, you know, I was going to drive around and <laughs> I come home with pastries. Oh, obviously. <laughs> different style of uh, pizza there, too. I was going to say the Detroit pizza. Other places. Yeah, yeah, Detroit pizza. You, you know what's interesting? I thought I wanted to bring this up. This is this is just a complete out of we call them whammos in my family. They just come out of out of the left left field. I forgot 
you know, obviously Domino started here. So Domino's yeah. is a big oh, deal. Yeah. But you know what else started here, which they're all over the place, are Little Caesars. Yes. And oh, yeah. Well, the guy owned the, the teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you don't see very many Little Caesars, you no. know, around Florida anymore. Or at, yeah. around, <laughs> but here, they're like, <laughs> they're here like all over the place. It's it's incredible. It really is. <laughs> I mean, uh, almost all pizza would be, uh, you know, something that I would favor, but uh, Little Caesars yeah, was yeah, that's bottom tough. of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, tough. That's, that that's made tough. Domino's look like you were in Rome. I mean, <laughs> <it was> just... <laughs> exactly. 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 Which, uh, they just shut down their operation in Rome, believe it or not. How, how are they even uh, surviving? Uh, Rome, Italy, yeah. where you can get a, a pizza for a couple of bucks virtually uh, everywhere. Yep. You know, here you have people ordering Domino's pizza. It's amazing. Uh, uh, all right, Tony, I don't know if you had a chance to catch uh, any of this uh, Dolphins exhibition game or preseason game. Little uh, bits here and there. Yeah. You know, it was it was what I what I expected. Everybody will get excited over this and that. And, you know, it's it's way too early to tell. I, I'm telling you, I, I keep I keep preaching this. I'm, I'm boring my children. You know, I am so against preseason i came and tell you oh yeah guys are getting guys are getting injured and they're they're out for the season their the teams can't prepare properly we're not seeing the best of what they have uh, uh but listen for the first time out and and trying to learn this offense and obviously we're not going to see the offense we're going to see when the season starts uh we never do you know they're going to keep it as as simple and as plain as possible. I mean, what were your thoughts? And then you know, we'll... I, I didn't really have much of an impression. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, was, I, I like the was, uh, Horatio Alger story those things. Yeah. of the yeah. uh, quarterback there, seventh round pick, and yeah, you know, you're watching his kid, and you're thinking, okay, well, when's he going to make the big blunder there and uh, you know demonstrate that th- this is the reason he's a seventh round pick, overlooked out of Kansas State. So uh, that was uh, sort of fun. I, I was kind of watching McDaniel a little bit to see what uh, his level of composure was. He seemed to handle a situation uh, as you would expect uh, and uh, actually said, you know, this was something that uh, he has geared his whole life to doing. It, it's the one thing that he does well. He was being very humble about that. But uh, he said that, you know, the one thing I do well is football. And so it seemed very natural for me as exciting as it was yeah. to uh, be stepping on the field for the first time as an NFL head coach, no matter what preseason or not, uh, he, he said he just felt ready for it, like a smooth transition symmetry into uh, assuming that position, which uh, looked like he handled it pretty well. I, I thought so too. And you know, I really, after looking at him on the sideline yeah. and reading what I've read, I, I like his whole aura. I like his whole the way he handles them, the way he walks, the way he, I mean, he's just, he's composed. He's, he seems very, very thoughtful in what he says before he says it. Yeah. Um, he doesn't appear as if someone who's just going to pop off. Now there may be my, moments where, where there's frustration, but uh, unlike the other coaches we've had, I, I think he comes, he's cut from a different cloth. Again, I think they, they, um, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to anybody, but they have they have a cerebral approach to the game that some other coaches may not have had. Okay, and he's I think not he as defensive. In, I mean, in terms of uh, you know, it, it always seems anyway. like these other coaches were defending themselves. Yep. Right? You know, yeah, yeah. backpedaling. He, he yep, doesn't. Yep. You know, he handles these questions and kind of has a way of uh, sort of uh, easing uh, the tension about uh, you yeah. know the fact that you know somebody says, "Hey, you think Tua could ever make it as a starting quarterback?" You know, where, where these other guys would get all defensive about it, uh, McDaniel yeah. has a way of just uh, sort of, uh, you know, smoothing yeah, over I the situation. His, I think his way is very, very easy. And, and, you, and you know what else? I, 
come on, let's let's be honest. If this is where this is where coaches just just sort of piss me off, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, these are sports questions. We're yeah. not asking them to break down how to do brain surgery. We're not asking them, you know, the the the, the tumor that someone has. How is he going or she going about taking it out? I mean, come on now. We're, we're not we're not we're asking about a left tackle or a running back. We're not, you know, we're, we're exactly. not cracking the code. Exactly. We're not cracking the code <laughs> exactly. here. You know, True. we're we're yeah. we're not we're not giving up secret classified yeah, documents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're not we're not asking those questions. We're asking, do you think so and so played well, or do you think that they can make it, or what do they need to do? Come on, let's be honest with each other. Handle it with some class, with some dignity. You represent not just yourself, but you represent the brand of your college, your high school, your professional team, your city. You know, and if you're, I don't care. And, and I know it's all about winning. And, and if, if you're, you know, if you're a winner, it doesn't matter if you're Belichick or Saban. I, I get that. But come on, at some point, you know, we, we got to be honest with each other and go, come on, we're, we're not, you know, we're not splitting the atom here, asking them to, you know, <laughs> go, go. Am I right? Come yeah. on. True. I always get wonder. I'm like, why are they so frustrated? Was that that tough of a question? Well, and we'll, we'll mock it because a lot of the time the questions are stupid. Like, what do you think? How well, when they went over seven, I tell you something, you know, movie? Like, I was taught a long time ago when I first started, no questions are stupid answers are stupid and that's my thing is like sometimes they, uh, obviously the guy's gonna bitch and moan when he went 0 for 7 so ask you know how'd it feel to go 0 for 7 yeah that's not the greatest question but then be honest say it sucked you know like we'll okay. laugh we'll, we'll joke with you like i never understand that the the tough exterior you know i'm smarter than you where are you it's just a game guys like you're not uh you're not yeah. at nasa you know, like exactly. I never exactly. got. That. Have you ever been uh, surprised by an answer to a sports question? <laughs> have I? I, I have been. Uh, you know, yeah, a I'm couple sure of times. I have. I can't think of. Usually, one. you know what the answer is going to be. I, I remember. I, I asked a friend of mine. Uh, he had uh, just uh, been in a in a world title fight, and, and uh, he had a couple of rough rounds. It looked like he was going to lose, and uh, you know, he, he was sort of staggered and on the ropes uh, at, at one point. And I asked him uh, how he felt at the time, and. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know what he was thinking, and uh, he, he looks at me right in the eye. And he says, "Thinking, I was seeing stars." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. See, Who can think, right? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, uh, you know, I'm expecting some explanation. Well, you know, I thought I'd turn it around and uh, you know, throw a couple of counter left hooks, but uh, you know, he, he literally just said he he was on another planet at the time. So, uh, you know, I mean, once in a while you get surprised, but but mostly you know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. You know, you made yeah. me think of the great Al Lombardo, who we were talking about the other day. I don't know if you yeah. remember this cat. Oh my God, he was one of the strangest get... maniacal guys. And... He would get raked over the coals for the way he handled himself. So. They, they couldn't wait to throw him out of these they press conferences. Not, yeah. they, they were like, there was like, there was an over-under like when they throw him out. It was, it was remarkable. But I learned... Harvey would be like, Stu! Yeah, Stu, exactly. Get him out of here! There are a couple things that uh, that Shula taught me and taught us, actually, you too, Jeff. You know, the one question he hated, hated was this question. Were you, and here was the magic word, were you surprised? Oh, yeah. It would send him through the roof. And Very commonly can, asked by all sports people. Yeah, I can honestly tell you this. I think maybe in my career, I asked 
a handful of times, if a handful of times, uh, what were you, what does it feel like? Because you know, if they're, if they lost, they feel like crap. Yeah, but if they yeah, won, yeah. they feel great. Yep. Okay. So, but there were a few times when I asked to, like, for example, um, the, the day that Don, Doug Peterson was the quarterback, the day that Don won, record. you know, had, won the game in Philadelphia yeah. that beat Hallis's record. That was like a sloppy game, too, as I recall. Yeah, it was yeah. really. It was it was uneventful. It wasn't a coaching masterpiece. Or no, no. Like that. no. Yeah. And well, you know, he also was like on the third or fourth. You know, Doug Peterson was like the third yeah. or fourth quarterback. Yeah, they were down yeah. to uh, some so, limited uh, possibilities. But I remember the locker room just being absolutely, you know, bombarded. And I was off in a corner because we were doing we were going to do Coach Shula live because it was so monumental. that, it, that, it, that it, And that's when we were really in our, in our heyday in the sports department. And I remember when he came over, we were in a commercial break. When he came over, he kind of went like this to me and he whispered in my ear. He goes, please tell me how David did today. I hope he won. That's when David was the head coach. Uh, the likelihood was that he lost because uh, he didn't go he like did. three and 12 <laughs> or something. <laughs> he, or 13. He, yeah. he, he lost. He lost. Yeah. And when Shula came on, you could see that that impacted him. And I go, Don, I, I said, I'm going to pull the curtain back. I hope you don't mind. First of all, congrats, congratulations to the whole thing. I said, um, I know that you've got to be excited about beating Hallis, but at the same time, I know you understand that, that David had a tough day today. And I'm telling you, I, he was incredible. That was probably one of the few times where I said, kind of like, how do you feel, but in a much different way, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I knew how it impacted him. He so loved his boys and his girls, his entire family, obviously, that that his, his winning this game that beat Hallis was irrelevant to the fact that David lost. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, he wasn't happy with Nick Saban for taking Mike Shula's job either. <laughs> oh, that was Alabama. You could hear the the dripping negativity uh, every time. I mean, you didn't want to bring that up. I, I tell you what, question used to frost Shula a little bit. You could you could feel him kind of snap back, although he would answer it. And that was anything regarding uh, Joe Namath and Super Bowl three. Oh yeah, well he, right he would always go right How away to the. Well, he had that, that quick release, man. And I was thinking, you yeah. had Bubba Smith. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, rightfully and rightfully so. It was a, it was a, it was a burr in his saddle, man. Yeah. It was. He, but, he, but, he didn't get over that. But Nick was. You talk about that. That was a real burr in his saddle. And, and you know what? He wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people in Alabama. Um, that thought Mike got a raw deal because he had recruited well and he had a couple, he had that one year where it was just a struggle while he was getting the players he wanted in because he had to totally redo that, redo that program. Yeah. I mean, they, were, they weren't, uh, you know, he seemed to have them on the rebound. Yeah. Uh, he, obviously, he Saban did. did well with his players. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. And we've but seen he's also done well on do his that. own. So, yeah. yeah, he has. We've probably other, was a good we, move. We've seen other coaches do that too, you know, be, do well with other players. And, yeah. Yeah. But Larry regardless, Cobra. yeah. But regardless, they still have to coach them. They still have to keep the rudder in place. They still have to keep that sail full, full of wind. And and they may not be his his or his players, but he still is responsible for getting them in positions to succeed and not fail and 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 screw everything up. You know, it's just as easy to screw stuff up as it is to you know keep keep the rudder steady. So I I you know I I don't hold much. You know, I, 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 I bristle at those who say when when, you know, when you had when the heat had, 
you know, LeBron and they had, you know, Dwayne and, you know, all those egos and, oh, what's it? It can't be that hard to coach them. Well, it is hard to coach them. It's hard to keep those egos in check. It's hard to make them play as a team and not be a hog. I mean, there's on and on and on and on. It's not, it's not an easy thing. So, uh, but circling back, I, I thought McDaniel looked great on the sideline. I agree with you. I love, I love the way he handles himself. Now let's see if, if the team can perform. And, and they are, listen, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't like or dislike Tua. He seems like the nicest young man that you could ever possibly meet, right? And I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But I will say this, in, in his defense, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback here under a microscope as much as Tua is. I mean, they made a big deal because yesterday he had a bad practice. He had a bad day yesterday. He's been lighting up oh, yeah. a top five defense every day. They don't talk about it. He has a, a bad day, which he should versus that defense. And that was national news. I'm like, you people are like waiting for this kid. Like, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. It's, it's weird to me. Yeah, I have to go I, Iverson on that and uh, just uh, yeah, saying, hey, it's uh, practice. <laughs> I, I don't know. Every clip I see of Tui, he looks great. Uh, you know, and I'm hoping that turns out to be the case. I, I'm kind of rooting for this McDaniel guy. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins have been so down uh, for for so long. I, I would say that, that all quarterbacks, though, uh, for the most part, uh, have been under immense scrutiny here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't face a, a day where there wasn't, uh, you know, almost it seemed like an equal proportion uh, of people that, that were uh, denouncing him, you know, on public airwaves or whatever or in uh, stories. I mean, uh, even when he started playing well, you know, everybody had their doubts and uh, they couldn't wait to get rid of the guy. He, he, he played under immense pressure, um, you know, and, and almost everybody, Jay Fiedler, when he came here, my God, I mean, following in the footsteps of the great one. Uh, almost impossible uh, circumstances. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would tend to agree with Luby, which I rarely do on this. Uh, and, and that is that uh, I, I don't know that it's fair to judge. You know, I, I mean, so far, the signs aren't overwhelmingly positive that this guy's going to be great. Uh, but I, I don't know that uh, you can judge him fairly. It's almost as if he was playing for the Jets for a yeah. couple of years. And, and yeah. you know, you, you have to wait and see. All right, now he has his platform. I, I think everybody's in agreement on that, that this guy finally has his stage where if he looks good this year, if things stay in place as, as they look right now, uh, you know, he, he has the best chance possibly to succeed. That I, he's agree. Had, period. I, yeah. I agree with you. And um, here's my, my, my addition to that. I hope he succeeds. Is he, is he the guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl? I don't know that. I, I can't, I can't say, I don't it's hard know. to say, yeah. But is he going to be the guy that may get us eight or nine or 10 wins? I think that's possible, you know, and, and is, but when, he, when you consider eight wins a failure, oh no, eight's uh, a know, failure. They got to get 10 yeah. or 11. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, got to be a uh, sub 500. 10 or 11. Yeah. Coming off a year where they, uh, you know, won nine games and, and, you know, went through all of this transition, including, you know, supposed serious upgrades, uh, you know, yeah. obviously one at wide receiver and, and along the offensive line. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be. I, I, I literally, I am so excited about this season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to both. You know, I don't. I can't remember when I anticipated uh, the excitement of the NFL season as I'm to th- this year. I mean, with all the different, the different moves, seeing you know Russell Wilson in in Denver and seeing if Matt Stafford can recover and 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 take the Rams again and and how Josh Allen's going to do, and, and how obviously how two is going to do, and, and to see 
see uh, what the Patriots do, see if Belichick can kind of resurrect this team is, or, or maybe not. Uh, I, I'm so, hoping not on that. I, I'm well, kind of I am tired really hoping the Patriots not on that. Beating the I'm, snot out of the Dolphins every, every uh, game. I am, I am curious to see. Okay, so we, we, let's, let's debate this. I know Ed's coming on in a minute. But here, yeah. here's, here's what I'm going to throw out. If Belichick has another kind of so-so year, Which you will. Yeah. right? Their roster sucks. And, 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 and Brady has a really good year, do the, re- do the Patriot fans start getting restless about Belichick? No. I don't think so. No, it's not the Red Sox. No, they're, they're, they're too sharp there. In, uh, well, it's not even they're that. a little more loyal. Yeah. The Patriots are the fourth team there. The Patriots literally were in the middle of winning, and they would be talking Red Sox baseball. In like, I mean, they're the fourth, literally the fourth team in that town. They yeah. won so much that that made them relevant. But they, Belichick's won enough there, and again, they're the fourth team that. Well, you would think. You you would think. Yeah. I'm just curious. To now, see if they have, if, if they have this year, they're bad. And then they bring back this because their roster sucks. Like their roster is abysmal, and that's a lot to do with Belichick. He likes having this low rent garbage, and he got away with it with Brady and and Gronkowski. He's not getting away with it anymore. Going into next year, he's going to have to do something, and that I'll give you. But no, yeah, I mean we'll this see. offseason, they're we'll, not going to. We'll see. We'll see. see how, we'll see hey, how here's a guy that never, guy never to, goes uh, you know, apologize for anything that happens at Texas Roadhouse restaurants. <laughs> and, uh, the yeah, handsome one himself, uh, and, and it's always a pleasure to welcome to the show from Texas Roadhouse, Ed Garcia. Ed, how are you, my friend? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good morning, my friend. Doing great. We're I'm I'm in your home state here, Mr. Yes. Garcia, in, in in Michigan. Cool, baby. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of Michigan people around. Holy moly! <laughs> um is all. It's it's remarkable how much more um I see than than Michigan State. It really yes. is. It's really remarkable. But I have to tell you, and Jeff and Booby, uh, and now because I'm, we're involved with this amazing organization, there are so many Texas Roadhouse in Michigan, <laughs> and wow. you drive by them, and they are, it doesn't matter what time of day it is or night it is, Ed, they are, people are outside around the restaurant again. It's Jamming. incredible. Jamming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're talking about going maybe one or two nights before we before the wedding hits, and and uh, and my brother in laws were here the other night and just boasting about how much they they love Texas Roadhouse, and then debating debating amongst themselves like, well, I like the one in Chesterfield, or I like the one on Gratiot, or I like the one here, or I like the one there. No, the the, the chef is better on that one. You know, is there all? That's incredible. The arguments they have, but tell us what's up with Texas Roadhouse. I know you got a lot of different things going on, and we're we're coming into football season. And I know that days, Texas, right? How, how many days? <laughs> <for> college. <laughs> Seventeen days till till the Maize and Blue kickoff. And who do the Maize and Blue kick off against? Uh, Colorado. Oh, not too bad a game. Okay, it's, yeah, so it's not a great it's, game. it's not a cupcake game, but it's you know it's it's a game they should win. So tell hey, us about. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're still there, I got I got two tickets for you. Oh, that would be yeah, oh, wow. would be, yeah, yeah. yeah are are you wearing khaki pants today, uh, Ed? <laughs> and and I'm coming up there. It's, it's standard, you know, yeah. with, with with the Harbaugh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but are they Lululemons? <laughs> no, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> so listen, I w- I want to talk about what Texas Roadhouse can provide folks as we get ready for the football season because it really isn't far away. Uh, we got a couple weeks before. Just two weeks. I think we have what two weeks Just before two weeks. week zero yep. for uh, for college football, and then you know, and then the pro season starts. 
in, uh, in early September. So we're only talking a couple of weeks away. If you want to go enjoy a game somewhere, Texas Roadhouse is the place to go. And I'm not sure people would, would realize that because we talk about it as a restaurant. So why don't you weigh in on that a little bit, Ed? Well, a couple of things. I can assure you we have the coldest beer in town. Uh, we, you know, it comes in a 16-ounce or a 22-ounce Duke mug, uh, which makes it absolutely fantastic. I know we've talked about you know, how we get it so cold, but it makes it taste so delicious all the way to the last drop. You know, with back to school coming as well, you know, our weekends are getting much busier. You know, people are taking the families out and things like that. That's why you're seeing those lines up there, Tony. You know, so just a reminder to use that mobile app. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I know for a fact, you know, I'm in Michigan quite a bit. And, you know, I'll, I'll usually put my name about an hour and a half ahead of time just wow. to make sure I can get that time that I want. Even you? you? Even you? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't like throwing the business card down. So that's, that's <laughs> not my style, you know. Tony, you're no better than I am. You know, it's, uh, well, you're definitely an expert on sports. So better me on that one. But, you know, I, I, you know, I just love to enjoy that full experience. There's something coming in and grabbing a margarita from the bar and, you know, and building that anticipation. And then you get to really enjoy that, that dining experience. But the mobile app, you know, really does cut a lot of time. And I'll tell you, our weekends are jamming right now, uh, you know, with school starting up. And I'm seeing that here in Florida and in Michigan. We got Labor Day right around the corner too. So a lot of roadhouses open up for lunch. That's a little secret. You know, we nice. typically, you know, we don't open for lunch Monday through Thursday. Um, some of them don't even open on Friday. But, uh, you know, if, if you're battling some weather or, or whatever it may be, but that's a great day to come in or even pick up a party pack and, you know, take some food, you know, whether you're going to go out boating that day or you're going to go, you know, hey, play some fall football, whatever it may be, uh, you know, that's a good thing that's coming up. Yeah, that's 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 spectacular. And the butcher shop continues to thrive. I, I, I go on that all the time. And, and, uh, and you know, I'm thinking about what my, my son's coming to, coming to Vermont when, when we leave the wedding and we're going to go grab a couple of but, couple of steaks to, to, from the butcher shop to make sure we, we can grill something as we as we get start getting into fall. You know, starting you can start feeling the weather starting to transition here. So there's nothing like a Texas Roadhouse steak when, when you can throw it on the grill and you're in your backyard. And uh, you're, we can't match the cold beer that we get at Texas Roadhouse, but we certainly can match, you know, in terms of the steak. But again, one more thing before you go. What do you average per restaurant in terms of TVs for people to watch games? What do you like, like 15, 20 TVs, something like that? We actually have at least a minimum of 10 and some are upwards up to 15 and maybe 18. Nice. And, you know, hey, since you're in Michigan, Tony, you know, you should check out. Let me know. I can set you up. But uh, our Bubba's 33, our oh, sister yeah. concept. I mean, they have a hundred plus TVs and uh, for the Florida guys, you know, we have some on the West coast. Uh, I'm actually tomorrow going to go check out uh, Port St. Lucie on the South side. Nice. But uh, I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, burgers, wings, beers, and some of the best pizzas you could ever imagine. We have a very unique dough recipe. You know, we do the same thing as Texas Roadhouse. We make the pizza dough in house, proof it whole nine yards. Wow. It is quite a process, and you can definitely taste the difference. Nice. Well, I'm definitely going to look it up. I'm, I, I don't know. Is there any? Hopefully, there's something near where we are here, just outside yes. of Detroit. We're we're in uh, Harrison Township. Yeah, there's one right out that way, and then there's one actually by the airport. You know, if you want to make a visit before you head out. Right. Great. 
All right, Ed Garcia, the man, man. You, guys are, you guys are the best. He makes you hungry. It's What is it, 8.23 in the morning? <laughs> I'm already thinking sweet potatoes. Yeah. Gosh, oh, my. Uh, the, the old back get-together. Let me fire up some ribs for you exactly. guys and get wow. some delicious sides and fresh-baked bread. I mean, you know, let's make a big party out of it. Let's you do know, it. We can pitch a tent right outside of Luby's house. And right <laughs> I don't say no to I that. I have a question, you know that. though. Um, how how big is Texas Roadhouse in Maryland? Are you guys all over Maryland also? We're growing little by little. I don't know okay. the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, we definitely have a few out that way. Because I, I, I'm thinking that uh, these these women that were on that Little League softball team from Maryland, they had to be chowing down at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> they were they twice the size of the other girls. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, we'll so talk to you I, next I thought week, maybe you had something to do with their success. Yeah, all right, Ed, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for being we, with us. If, if we camp outside of Luby's house, you better bring a lot of boxes that we can take the food and put them back <laughs> yeah. in this house, in the refrigerator. That's yeah, all that's I'm true. saying. King and a doggy bag. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed Thanks, Garcia. Ed. Texas Road. What a great... First of all, he is such a gentleman. What, He's a great what a man. Great, yeah, great no, really guy. good guy. And and um, I'm going to check out this Bubba's 33. Uh, you know, off offline, you know, we we chat a lot, he and I, and and he he is raving about that, absolutely raving about that concept. So uh, I'm excited if I get an opportunity to uh, to take a look at it. I definitely sounds will. good, man. I mean, old school sports bar with pizzas and everything yeah. uh, that are freshly made. I mean, uh, an upgrade in food from what you usually find. Although uh, you know, there are many really really good. Uh, Sports bars, uh, not just around town, but around the country. But uh, sounds like, the, I mean, you know, the, the amazing thing really is in this economy, how they've kept the costs That's what's sick. at what they are. I mean, yeah. it really is incredible because uh, they haven't suffered the quality nope. uh, one bit and, and they refuse to compromise. And, you know, people have this stigma about chain restaurants. I mean, we deal with the gambling gourmet, Mike Mayo, who uh, surprisingly, with his irascible uh, personality, he, he's not adamantly opposed to chain restaurants because yeah. there are many well-run chains but this and that's to be respected this is one of the best run chain restaurants that you will find anywhere and then on top of that the economy aspect is beyond belief especially yeah, with what people are paying for steaks and uh, you know things of that nature today right i totally it's, it's i totally insane. agree with you you know, yeah. they, 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 you know, it starts out with the culture and, and, you know, and we're finding more and more as, as we continue to delve into whether it's a company that does business of any kind or, or a sports franchise or a sports program, it, it's the culture that, that, that separates the winners from the losers. And for them to be able to pivot like they did during the pandemic and create a whole new business model from the app to the farmer's market to the butcher shop. And and do it with 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 such efficiency and and so quickly, yeah. Uh, really kept them afloat, and they thrived. They they just didn't survive. They thrived. So that's pretty special. Well, you know, and, uh, leadership comes from the uh, you know top, and uh, you know it seems like that message. Uh, the guy who uh, unfortunately checked out that owned the company uh, couldn't have been uh, any more of a generous human being, and. You know, it's also good when you see that uh, each each uh, franchise or each store that's in the chain operates with, with the same level of pride and enthusiasm. Yep. Yeah. Because you know, exactly. sometimes you walk into a place and, uh, you know, it's representative, you know, of uh, 50 other restaurants. But, uh, you know, you walk in and the vibe's totally different. Uh, yep. That's never the case there at the Texas Roundhouse. No, it great. isn't. And, and trust me, if you want to go watch a game somewhere around, around a lot of people and have to have a really good time, uh, that would be the place to be. And, you know, no, all joking aside, and Luby, you and I have had them. And so, Jeff, I, you may have had one. Uh, that is the coldest beer in town. Yeah, the beer is great. Oh, and, and that's my thing, too. When they chill the one I, I know. Are you kidding me? 
It's got to be ice cold, almost, I mean, on the threshold of being frozen. What's the, what's your beer of choice there, Mr. Uh, you know, it's uh, weird. Uh, I know people think this is pretty gauche, and I take all kinds of crap about it from uh, Mayo, you know, with his sophisticated palate and taste. But uh, I, I'm a Budweiser drinker. Like I, I don't like any aftertaste or anything. I, I just want this to taste like, I mean, uh, you know, almost it. pure watery uh, with a little bit of a buzz to it. Uh, but I only drink beer uh, when I've done some kind of exercise. Now, do you do you have the regular Budweiser or the Budweiser? Uh, just a regular Bud. I don't like light beers. If I'm going to drink a beer, I want the full impact. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it has enough flavor for me. And I, I do it after my walk of life. People find that a little strange that you would negate all of the positive momentum that you had just <laughs> gathered by, by, you know, walking four miles in scorching heat every day and, and then come home and I guzzle like two beers. Yeah, I, so I'll, tell you funny, I'll tell you a funny story. When I got here on Saturday, it was uh, it was our grand niece's birthday party, a grand nephew's birthday party. So there was, you know, like I said, Rose comes from a huge family. So there were like 50 people at my brother-in-law's place. And he has a almost like a farm in, in, in about 15, 20 minutes from here. And and the beer, the beer was either Bush, Budweiser, you know, all the, you know, I said, well, you guys, there's so many great breweries here. They go, not Budweiser or Bush. So they had a Bush light. And a bush, bush regular, wow. and I went. Wait a minute, that, that's bush. Me, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty redundant. bush. redundant. So yeah. we checked. I, me and my my nephew. I said, let's check this out. So the alcohol content in a bush light was four point one. Okay. The alcohol content in a regular bush was four point three. <laughs> All right. I go. Are you kidding me right now? Isn't <laughs> isn't is like a regular bush light? You know. Well, like the that. the light though is a calorie thing. Uh, not not uh, alcoholic content. Well, yeah, I, I get that, but the alcoholic content, the, 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 you know, determines the calorie. So two tenths of something is not what is what are we talking about? Uh, it's good enough for me. Calories. I mean, uh, I remember the first time I had, uh, I think it was a Colt forty five malt liquor, oh. or uh, there was oh, uh, uh, it was uh, Old English or something. You know who I had my first Old English, uh, you know, beer with, and I got really buzzed. Uh, you know, and I was not like a heavy beer drinker. But uh, this is old school. Uh, you remember the song, Take a Letter, Maria? Da, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. So I was friends with the guy that wrote and sang that song. Uh, you know, a lot of people would consider him a one-hit wonder, but he was a good guy. He kept performing R.B. Greaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew him uh, out in California. And uh, one night, or uh, one afternoon, actually, I went over to his place, and I think we were smoking a little weed, and I started uh, drinking this Old English, which uh, he was a fan of. And I don't know if it was a black thing or what at the time. I, I guess, you know, if you saw the commercials, they were always featuring mostly, you know, black people were, uh, you know, at a barbecue drinking Old English. Old English. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I got really destroyed on a couple of cans of that, Tony. Oh, I would have rough. to say, I don't know what the alcohol content was in that. <laughs> but it had to be like eight plus or something. I, I, uh, oh, you know, when I retired, I, when I retired, Roseanne at the time was was uh, friends and working with these with these women. Um from 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 russia and and she was she was telling them you know they were talking about my retirement and they were uh, they they said god we'd like to get him something you know so she she goes listen he's always he's always talking about different beers so rose comes home with a six pack of this russian beer right in the six in, in these 16 ounce bottles all right so i my, my the night of my retirement dinner, I didn't drink. You know, I wanted to be you know on top of it as best I could without totally breaking down. Oh, you should have got and... blasted on your so, retirement so dinner. So anyway, are you talking after about the that? after the dinner, 
you know, we, we come home and I bring all the leftovers and I take one of these Russian beers and just down it. And it was okay. so good. So oh, I, yeah. go, I, right. I, I, I take another one. I'm like halfway through the other one and I, I am flying. Yeah. Going, what the heck? That's what happened to me. These I don't Russian, think it was a weed either. These Russian beers were 9.2. <laughs> That's great. Holy Vladimir Putin. That's exactly. Great. They were and, nuclear. And, and, yeah. And this That's is, this great. Is, and they're already down to 16 yeah. ounces. So I'm Good going, wait a minute. You, you got to back off, brother. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember being somewhat overwhelmed. The first time I drank tequila, I, I got overwhelmed by it also. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't a, a heavy drinker in, in those days, for sure. Yeah. I mean, later, after being in this business for a while, <laughs> you realize it's time to yeah. start drinking heavily. Somebody mentioned. Somebody mentioned to me. Somebody who threw out uh, the other day Boone's Apple Farm. Oh, oh, oh yeah, geez. I got destroyed on that also. Boone's yeah. Farm. Oh, I was an early advocate of Boone's Apple. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness gracious! You know what we used to do? We used to. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, you were ever involved in this activity, but uh, Syracuse, uh, of course, had uh, the campus was called a hill, and, and it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, a place that had uh, you know a, a lot of uh, various uh, you know sort of mountain like. Uh, you know, scenes there or whatever. And uh, there was a park uh, where we used to go and we'd take the lunch trays out of the cafeteria. It was always snowing there. I mean, from like September on. Uh, so there was always snow on the ground and uh, everybody would get a lunch tray, put their ass in a lunch tray and put your legs around the person in front of you. And we yeah. had these trains and we would go like flying down the, the mountain there uh, off uh, campus. And uh, uh, that was fueled a lot by Boone's Farm Apple. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I got yeah, yeah, you, you felt like you were on the boat on Deadliest Catch. I mean, you're just yeah, like on the deck I'm there, sure. ready to puke, you know? I'm sure. I'm surprised you weren't carrying the bottles with you. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, some yeah, of you were. Yago uh, Sangria yeah. was another really uh, buzz. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have know, to thing. tell you, just as, a, as an aside to that, you know, I, I have been so fortunate and so blessed in my career to go to, uh, I can't tell you how many college campuses. Um, Syracuse, and then when our daughter was recruited by Syracuse, well, obviously we went on the tour, spent a weekend there. Yeah, um, that's that is really one of the most beautiful campuses you can be, regardless of whether it's fall, spring, summer, uh, or winter. Even during, about winter time, uh, it's yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> campus. It really is. You can't see anything place. in the winter time, man. It's like blinding snow twenty four hours a day. I mean, yeah, uh, for sure. it's yeah. crazy. You you'd be better off just signing up and seeing if you could try your luck in the Iditarod <laughs> than uh, trying to but navigate your way around it's, campus. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful site. I mean, when you think of colleges. And you think of college campuses, you know, that sort of is the, uh, the epitome. Uh, of the one day of Indian summer they had there was always brilliant. Yeah. Get out there in the park, shoot some hoops. You know, it was a lot of fun. Sit on a quad there and pretend to be reading a book that made it look like you were educated. It, it, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Tony Scrano, uh, more old school with Tony Scrano. You, you didn't make any comment about this Maryland softball team. I threw that in for you, Tony. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, I just I didn't want to. How, how big were those girls? Come on. None of those girls were 12, Tony. Uh, they were. They Is were, this they the next to, sport that's going to be tainted by scandal? Well, I'll tell you what. You, let, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you flat out. When I was coaching travel softball f with my daughter, yeah, for my daughter, uh, the teams we played in tournaments, it was it was awful. Do you know these these coaches would fly girls in? Yeah. 
from different parts of the country just to play that day. They were on a Russian weightlifting team yesterday, but they're it playing was, softball in the Little League World it's, Series. It's, it is just, it's just, <laughs> it's just pitiful. Uh, did you see any of this? I mean, I was watching I saw, it I with caught your, just you in mind. Little, I, I, yeah, I stopped no, 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 on it just because of you, caught, Tony. I caught just a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I still love the, the spirit of what it's supposed to be. But some of these coaches, especially in the women's game, yeah. some of these guys who, who are coaching, and, and I'm, and I'm going to specifically say guys, they are so obsessed with the winning part that they will throw a player under the bus to bring another player in that's going to make them win. And I just think that's absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. That's what yes. made me help. That's what made me start, you know, my movement that I have to, to help to help legitimize and, and bring sport back into the sport. I mean, actually where these, these girls get to play, you know, you're talking about a girl who, who's been working her, her tail off for three or four years to, to make it to the starting lineup or make it to one of the top reserves on the softball team. And a coach this just demotes her because he's going to bring in somebody else and everything she worked for is irrelevant. It's, it's not Brings right. in Crystal Bustos, yeah, in yeah. her prime. Uh, right. No, I thought those girls were pretty large for little leaguers. I, yeah. I you know, I, I've always been, uh, yeah. you know, the proponent of the idea that uh, the second most crooked sport in the world is uh, the Little League World Series and it's Little pretty, League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, and, and only behind uh, like Tour de France and uh, cycling. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just uh, completely not on a level. I mean, on a par with professional wrestling, but. Uh, uh, it surprised me. I, I, I'm watching that going, yeah. what, what, level, what level of ball is this? Yeah. It looked like a college team, and it was the Little League Softball World Series, uh, 12 yeah. and under. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tony. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? They're, they're out there playing, so that, that's the You good know thing. what? They give yeah. them some – exactly. And you hope, you hope that their coaching is good, and you hope that these girls move on, uh, you know, to be successful in their life and that they've learned something here and, and not – and not be exposed to, you know, just the, some of the bad coaching and, and, and the, you know, all these, all these guys, again, men, who, you know, think they're, they're just, they have to be disciplined in a certain way, or they have to do this, or they have to scream at them, or they have to, if they lose a game because they didn't play right, you know, bring them, bring them back to their home field after practice and make them run. And, and that to me is just BS. And, and Think about it. Luby is a youth coach. All right. Uh, with that, we're, we're going to come back with that. more here on uh, Old School with tough. Tony Segreto. I mean, being subjected to a maniac, I mean, a guy that's uh, bordering on being criminally insane, should I'm be tough. wearing hey. a, never mind a sports jacket, a jacket that ties in a back while he's uh, coaching these kids. Gotcha. All right. Uh, back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. You look good today, though, Tony. I mean, uh, whatever you're doing in this, uh, are you in a hotel? Where are you? At uh, somebody's place? No, I'm at my, I am at currently at my uh, my mother-in-law's house oh nice, nice. all right yeah. uh, looks good man she's set up well for you uh yes, it is uh, 8 38 play the ponies in style at champions the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful hylia park yes the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the brass rail bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility if poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. <laughs> 
Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Tony, tell us about your travels, what it's like to be at the airport uh, there uh, five hours before the uh, plane. When you see the number of people carrying bags, some of which are bigger than they are, hoping to put them in that overhead compartment, and the disdain on their face when they're told they can't, the tears they have in their eyes coming down, the streaming, how they have to unpack their bags in front of hundreds of people trying to get on their plane. Oh my, the sadness, the anger, all the emotions are being felt. But nothing better than being at the Detroit Metro Airport where you can get anything from sushi to the best china and glassware that you can find. But it only happens here in Detroit, the Motor City. Only here will you find the birthplace of the modern automobile. Depot and Luby love kicking it old school with the legendary Tony Segreto. Big thanks to Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. All right, welcome back to the show. Always great on these Wednesdays. Uh, Tony Segreto, wherever he's originating from, uh, with us today, it's uh, Michigan. Uh, I've only been to uh, Detroit, I I would say, passing through uh, a couple of times, uh, Tony Segreto. I do remember one time, though, very distinctly. And uh, I was uh, actually making my way with a friend of mine named Jeff Frost, and we had decided to sell all of our stuff and uh, throw what we had left into my Chevy Vega, and we were going to go to California to uh, seek our future and our fortune. And uh, so uh, we decided that we would stop and visit people that we knew along the way so we'd have a free place to stay. Right. So somehow our route uh, took us in the uh, vicinity of Detroit, Michigan, which we were basically trying to drive through at uh, like, like a, a late hour. I mean, I would say, you know, early morning, like one, two in the morning, we're driving through Detroit. We make a wrong turn. And of course, uh, we end up in a neighborhood that looked to be less than favorable to uh, two white guys that were driving around at two o'clock in the morning. And uh, so anyway, I'm at a light. I'm at a red light. This is true. Uh, And I'm stopped. Okay. So all of a sudden the car is moving. And my friend, Jeff, he he says, uh, the forest, I mean, uh, it's a red light. I said, well, I'm, I'm on the brake. 
And it turned out our car had been surrounded, and there were actually like a bunch of guys that had picked it up, and they were moving oh, no. out. <laughs> were you in it? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I thought, yeah. man, I mean, I hate to put this, uh, you know, in any other terms other than the, uh, you know, finest of French, but we were fucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we got out of that somehow. I, I don't know how, you know. Yeah. I tell you Somehow what, we survived it. But it was rough. I mean, a rough neighborhood for sure. I I will tell you this, that that one of the things that's that's starkingly noticeable uh, when you're in Michigan is that you will rarely they're here, but you will rarely see a Toyota or a Hyundai. You. Oh, really? It's all American. This is all American. Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, Buick. Dodge. I mean, it is, it is, it is America. This is, you know. So you didn't come the, in there and rent like a foreign car. Yeah, you know, this is the automotive. You know what? I, yeah, I rented Hyundai. a car and I picked Somebody it up. Somebody put a sledgehammer through the windshield. Chrysler, what are you about? Listen, it's a Chrysler 300. You know, it's wow, like, wow, I'm, exist. I'm, I'm, I'm sporting around. But oh, here's nice. the thing. Here's the thing. Exists. It is, you know, you got. You get you like got, four miles to a gallon? Yeah. Henry Ford, you know, Henry Ford Museum. Obviously, this is where, you know, Ford laid a stake and. And um, it is it is it is unbelievable. And and it is um, it, it's stark. It's a stark reality. It's like, wow, you don't even realize it until you're here like a couple of days. And you go, you know, I haven't seen a Toyota. Right? I haven't seen a, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a Mercedes. And yeah. they're Tesla. Are you kidding me? This is this is just hardcore <laughs> American made. And I love it. I, I love seeing it. I, yes. It's really cool. It is. It is. It is absolutely. And then, then you decide. Okay, are there more Fords or more? It's. It's definitely a Ford dominated. Yeah. Ford dominated state. I mean, big time Ford dominated. State. It's kind of interesting, though. Uh, what you said earlier, you know, still strikes me. Uh, you know, where you, where you were talking about how they they love all their sports teams, and I'm thinking, okay, the Lions they have perennially sucked. Awful. Uh, the uh, Pistons they have perennially sucked. For a while now. The uh, Tigers for a long time. I mean, yeah. they've had a couple of moments here and there, but for the most part, Red yeah. Wings. They've largely sucked, and the Red Wings, who were brilliant uh, for, for a while like there, and dominant years. in hockey, <laughs> haven't been good in a long, long time. Yeah, well, I mean, holy Mike Babcock, uh, they, they've dropped off the face of the earth. Pistons had two era of dominance, but in between, but this they, was like, years ago, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah You're talking bad boy ago. Pistons are like thirty yeah. years ago. No, not yeah, thirty. Exactly. I mean, the the two thousands, they were great. They went to like six or seven straight. Eastern Conference Championship right. uh, series, but then now they've sucked for the last like twelve yeah. years. It's but horrible. Still, I mean, you know, regardless of Bozoic, they keep getting top picks and they never turn into anything. It's, it's amazing. Years yeah, I, years. I agree with you. But regardless of that, they're amazing players that that have participated, whether it's for the Tigers or the Lions or the or the Pistons. I mean, think about the players that the Tigers have had over the years. The, the Hall of Famers from you know Al Kaline. For I mean, come on. I uh, think think about those. You know, we mentioned Pat. one earlier, Gates Brown. Yeah, yeah. Gates Brown. Looked, uh, yesterday, she looked like Gates Brown. I don't know if you remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, I do remember Norm Cash. Physically, yeah. you know. And then you go with the Lions, Mike. You know, all you have to all you have to do is say Barry Sanders around here, and, and they'll genuflect. You know, it's just it's just, it's incredible. I, I had an LK Lane autograph, and and I always loved it because he just signed it with a K and then drew a line. Nice, and I remember uh, hanging out outside, uh, you know, the uh, visiting players uh, entrance at Yankee Stadium. And I think he signed the top of a Cracker Jack box. And I thought, wow, how cool is that? Al Kalen. But they they were decent guys. Uh, But that's centuries ago. We're talking Nellie Fox here. I mean, with a big shot of tobacco and that giant bat handle. Um, But, uh, you know, what's surprising, I mean, that, that would never fly here, Tony, in South Florida. 
where, where teams could be perennially bad, and we've had plenty of them. Uh, but uh, that that would be met with uh, the kind of fan indifference that that we see here today, where, where yeah. most of the people that come to games are coming because of the other team. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'll tell you a story. We were here about four years ago for an Ultimate Software event, and as you know, Joey and I um, always travel together. So uh, and was Joey I, with you on this trip too? He's no, going to a wedding? no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. So now, so now I go. Listen, we're gonna be we're gonna be getting to Detroit early. The Tigers are in town. They're playing an afternoon game. It was like a Wednesday, right? And they're playing the they were playing Montreal, I believe Montreal or Toronto. It was Montreal. So I, I call um, the GM was my intern. So I call him up and I go, hey, can you get a couple tickets for Tony us? Tony connected everywhere. I the love GM this. was I, your former intern. Yeah. My <laughs> in, former intern. So, and so, who can I call? And his daughter actually played softball on the softball team with my daughter. So anyway, we get like four tickets. And, right. and we're, we're walking to you know, the new Tiger Stadium. And, and Joey goes, well, well, how long are we going to stay? I said, Nine innings. He goes, what, what do you mean nine innings? I go, we spay, we go, we go to a game. We start, we get there early enough to see the beginning of the game, and we stay until the last out or the last second. You're like my off. mom, get out of here. He goes, you're yeah. like my friend, Mister Mitt. My mom. He goes, are you? He goes, really? I go, yeah. He goes, I, he says, I've never, I, I've never stayed all my innings. He probably figured stay? the game was over once do one I team have... got to seven. Yeah, I, I go, no, you have to stay, man. Come on, like, like, man up. We're staying yeah. nine innings. Wow, we have nothing totally. else we're doing this afternoon. So we go, we walk. First of all, this this stadium here in Detroit, the baseball stadium, is spectacular. It's still Comerica? Is it still Comerica? Yeah. Was it Comerica? I like that you're dragging a reluctant Joey to a baseball game. So, so we get we get there. The place on a on a Wednesday afternoon against Montreal, it's not just sold out. There are people on the berm in the outfield wow. beyond the fence that are watching the game. So we get there and our seats are like third row behind home plate. Sweet. And and Joey goes, Wow. It's pretty cool. Pretty go, impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he then, knew you had then pull, he, though. And then he sees the concessions. Yeah. Right? Pulled pork, sausage and peppers. I mean, you name it, they have it. Anyway, we stay the nine innings. Great game. Exciting. I mean, no one left. And he walked out and he goes, if you would have told me I was going to stay in a game for nine innings, I would have told you you were absolutely out of your damn mind. <laughs> he goes, but this was this was awesome, and it's the stadium is so well laid out. It's so cool. It doesn't matter where you're sitting. I mean, we were fortunate to have such great seats, but you could be sitting in the bleachers and still feel like you're close enough to the field. I mean, they they did a they did a beautiful job with that stadium. Amazing job. So. We have a beautiful stadium. Nobody goes. I mean, like, I know, nobody. but this was ima- imagine we're only talking nobody. four years ago. They still weren't very good, yeah. and this was a Wednesday afternoon in July where yeah. it's packed. Okay, I mean, you know, being full is one thing, but having no no seats at all, people outside trying to scalp tickets to get in, you know, it's very it's unusual. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. All right, uh, well, you know, and Joey, his name came up the other day in conversation. Uh, we were talking about sports, and uh, you know, the history uh, of uh, sports in South Florida a little bit. Everybody started getting into a highlight, and, and and you know, it was generally acknowledged. Wow, this guy was the greatest, yeah, of all time. Yeah. Joey Cornblit, unbelievable, and uh, you know you you know him just as uh, you know like a regular guy. It's fantastic. We're uh, all right, we uh, really are brothers. We talk all the time, and and you know we we know good guy, man, all the way through. Yeah, he seems he's just like you, wonderful man. 
Catholic Health Services, Tony, uh, you know, outstanding organization. Can't say enough good things about them. We've said many things and, you know, people uh, say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's a paid endorsement, whatever. But uh, truth is, I, I couldn't have been any more thankful. And, and I will go to my grave feeling this way. Uh, any more thankful that we got turned on to Catholic Health Services uh, w- with regard to the care of my mother as uh, she was uh, experiencing her, her final days here on the planet. Uh, wow. I mean, a night and day difference from what we were going through, which, uh, as you said, uh, with regards to your wife and her mother, I mean, uh, you know, the, the health care business has just gone to shreds. And uh, yet Catholic Health Services stands out as just a pillar of, of integrity, uh, of uh, just excellence at, at what they do, including the physical rehabilitation that they're capable of uh, doing. And, and then, of course, easing the mental burden uh, of dealing with situations like this. It's, and they do it every day. They just don't do it. It's not just a one-off. And, they, and then and if people hear you, Jeff, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. because you're Jeff DeForest and, 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 and you guys, you know, are going to be treated special. No, 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 no. Everybody is treated special. Everybody is treated like Jeff DeForest and his mother. Everybody is treated with that special one-on-one care that gives you the sense that you're the only ones they're, they're, they're concerned with. When in fact they may have fifty or other, you know, seventy-five patients in, 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 the, in the rehab facility, they, do, you know, we talked about Texas Roadhouse, why they were successful. Yeah. We talk about culture. You talk about a culture. There's a certain type of person that is brought in and hired by Catholic Health Services. They're just not uh, good at what they do. Their expertise isn't just off the chart. Their knowledge of of what they need to do isn't just isn't just great. It's the total package. It's their they're, they're humble caring that each person has for the patients that they're taking care of, whether it's the doctor, the therapist, the nurse, the people cleaning the hospital, the people serving them their food. They, they, they will go up to you and go, if, if this food isn't good, we'll make sure you get something you want, if, even if we have to go out and get it. Uh, they are a special group of people that do it every single solitary day, and their expertise is beyond what you can imagine. And most importantly, what you experience and what we want to experience is to be able to find a facility that's going to be communicative to you, that, that, are, that you, can, you can reach them. You can ask them how my loved one is doing. And, and, and they're going to answer you and get back to you. And if they don't reach you, they'll call you again. It's not like, you know, what my, what my wife has been through, goodness me, I, I, God bless her. You know, she'll call a doctor. I think I told you, she'll call a doctor. The doctor will call back. She'll be away from her phone. She'll call the doctor back and the doctor won't call her again for another two weeks. That's that's unconscionable to me. And that will never, ever, trust me, happen at Catholic Health Services, period. Done. They are, they're an amazing group. My brother was, uh, it's funny, uh, you know, in a way, I mean, obviously the circumstances were, were, were grave, seriously, so, uh, but uh my brother was writing a scathing email on a daily basis to the people at this hospital where, where they were supposedly taking care of my mother. And, and then the other frustrating thing is, uh, you know, you, you'll finally get through to somebody. And then uh, when you do, you know, you'll talk to some doctor and he says, oh, I'm not on that case anymore. Exactly. You're exactly. Like, well, 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 when, when, when did this yeah, happen? I, I don't know. Or, or I'll have to yeah. check and I promise I'll get back to you. Well, oh, I mean, man. they check, but they don't get back to you. You're so. afraid to call because they get irritated when you ask a question. And, and it, you know, you don't want them uh, having that being reflected on the care that uh, is being given yeah. to the patient. So uh, w- what a difference. I mean, Catholic Health Services, uh, just uh, as efficient and professional as any organization you will ever find. And that is what you need 
in these circumstances, uh, whether, you know, it's a situation like hospice care, as mine was, or just, uh, you know, you come out of knee surgery or, or unfortunately maybe suffer a stroke, right? Uh, who, right. Who, who couldn't it's, pass out from heat exhaustion out there uh, you know what? these it's, days? It's, it's, you know, you talk about asking questions to the doctors and nurses, and, you know, it's almost like a coach sometimes. You know, when you're you're asking out of a, because you're scared, you're anxious if you're a family member, right? You're you're concerned. You, yeah. you have this anxiety, whether whether it's the situation you were in or or just something simple, because you just never know anymore. And, and when you ask a question, it's not because you're stupid. It's not because you just want to know. Sometimes you want something that's just going to make you feel okay. Yep. Yeah. That everything is going to be, and regardless of whether you know, and if it's not it's not going to be okay. Uh, how it's how it's spoken to you and how it's told to you is paramount. And when you go to Catholic Health Services, they understand that they they care as much for the family as they do for the patient, because they know when the patient comes in, whatever they're going through, it impacts the entire family and how that family is is spoken to and alerted and and told about what needs to be done and, and how they're coached to make sure that that they do what they can do to their loved ones um, is 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 really is really pretty special. All right, uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, in town this week. Uh, the Raiders yep. are favored. They played a couple of preseason games. Uh, we were talking about this the other day with a couple of our uh, football analysts uh, that we have on the show. Um, and it, it is true that uh, you used to have some sort of, you know, clear-cut definition to what these preseason games were going to look like. Yep. In terms of, uh, you know, and, and as I recall, game one, the starters are playing like, a, you know, maybe uh, six snaps or so. Game two, they play into the second quarter, possibly. Game three, they game plan for and they made a big deal out of it like it was a dress rehearsal. And you'd see starters going into That's the third right. quarter and maybe exactly. even further. And then game four was uh, blow off. Let's take a look and see who's going to make the roster at the bottom end and uh, hope that nobody gets hurt. Uh it's not that way anymore. I mean, no. I, I don't know. What, what, what do you expect to see? Uh, what, what do you think the game plan would be? The Raiders are playing their third preseason game. They've won them both so far and, uh, you know, been impressive scoring-wise. But I don't even know if they've – I'm not sure Derek Carr or any of their key guys have uh, sniffed the field. Uh, Devontae Adams, I, I don't know. Has he been out there yet in a Raider uniform? Not sure. Yeah, he, I think he was actually in the Hall of Fame game uh, for a little bit, I believe. Adams was, yeah. Well, no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, he was not. Because, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, a Hall of Fame game would really be a discard, but uh, they did win that. Um, but but what do you – I mean, do you have any idea what, what we're going to see uh, in terms of, uh, you no, know, the approach would, by would, the uh, Miami Dolphins? I would hope that we would see – what. I'm, I'm not saying we, you know, we have to mark seven this, but you would like to see at least for one series what might be our starting lineup, what yep. might be our our, our, our top eleven. Yep. I would love to see even even if it's for a drive, one drive, just to see them out there together. Yeah, and and, and possibly two drives. And, and and this is where again we go back to you know we don't want to get these guys hurt preseason. You know, after all this all this effort to to put these great uh, uh, these great parts and these different components around Tua, uh, we don't want to see them start going down. But at the same time, it's important that we see them together yeah, to see what they would look like. Exactly. And, and again, I, I know we want to keep everything vanilla, but my hope would be that we get to see a few things here and there about what, what can we can expect. We need to whet the appetite of the fan. Yep. We need to alert the NFL that, hey, we, we have I'm something coming, here yep. without, without giving the farm away. Okay, so there's a way we can do that. And, and, and I'm hoping 
especially to keep the fans excited. And and I and I know we're we're going to keep everybody protected, and then we're we're listening to the rhetoric that it's going to be great, it's going to be great, and it's going to be great. It may be, but at the same time, I think, and I think from the player standpoint, let let's see them in the dress rehearsal, get out on the field in front of fans under the lights. Hey, let let's get a series or two under our belts and see what happens. That's what I would hope. And on another note, I think the Raiders are going to be damn good. I think they're going to be a good football team. I I really do. That's a you know a dynamite your, division there, the AFC West. Yeah. Uh, just, your dog's uh, having back. a good time, Jeff. Uh, somebody came to the door here, so uh, she got uh, all excited. She doesn't really yeah. care, uh, you but, know. Yeah. But, but don't uh, you help? Don't you hope that we get to see our starters for a couple of series? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what I hope for anymore in these circumstances. I mean, uh, you'd like to know that things are going in a positive direction. Uh, you know, you keep hearing about this uh, from uh, reports of practice. Uh, we, we know not to put too much faith in that. Uh, but you know, with, with the three games and, and the last one being a complete blow off, I'm not sure, you know, what, what approach, uh, you know, I would recommend for this game. I, I, you know, I, I would like to see them drop them all together because it's it, it just kind of silly, to, uh, you know, uh, stretch your brain out and stress yourself over, uh, you know, whether a guy's going to get hurt in, in a game like that. Yeah. I mean, my, my simple proposal is when we were practicing against Tampa Bay last week, practice against Tampa Bay and then have the scrimmage be your game and bring in officials and, and off you go. And that's it. And, yeah. you know, you get ready to, 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 to kick off the season. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, and people will go, what about college? Well, yeah, some colleges open up against cupcakes, which is kind of a scrimmage, but it still gives them the opportunity. All their starters are out there. They're playing because the season counts. Right. Yeah. So, so there's, there has to be a way we, we, we can work on this so that teams with these investments they make and the excitement that the fans have to, to get a stud, you know, out for the year already. In in many cases, we've had a number of, a lot of starters are already good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, the league. Gosh, that's awful. That yeah. is absolutely. It happens all, all, all the time. I mean, every year they, you know, it you're does. always saying, Hey, what the hell this uh, poor guy is out for the season. Didn't even get out of the preseason. And, you know, it could happen in week number one also. But uh, it does seem like every year you say, wow, there's an inordinate number of injuries to keep players. And uh, fortunately, well, the Dolphins had a guy, uh, one of their uh, safeties. Yeah. That, uh, you know, went down for the season that they thought that was going to be a part of their uh, rotation in the secondary. Tony, always a pleasure, man. Uh, Good luck to the happy couple. I mean, give them our regards. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an old fashioned, good old fashioned Italian wedding. So nice. uh, uh, the Have music fun. Yeah, music. There'll be somebody, I'm sure, with an accordion, not mine, <laughs> someone with an accordion playing some playing some good Italian music. So, uh, yeah, it's a blessing, and and I, uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to marry into a family like this. So it's been uh, big Italian it's, family, it's right? Awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, outstanding. Fun. Tony Segreno, ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you next great. Week. I loved it today, guys. Thank you so much. Right, You're so a great man. American, Tony Segreno, brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants. And Catholic Health Services. All right, that's going to do it for us. So, Luby, tomorrow, uh, I, I believe uh, Gurgles will Hylia be on board Park with the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. I think that's going to be uh, the full-blown edition uh, that we'll have for you tomorrow so you don't have any of my lame questions about Vito Anafermo dominating the uh, fanfare uh, and uh, the uh, brain-busting uh, part of the program where, where you really have to, uh, you know, dig deep into the archives of your mind to come up with some of these answers. And are you thinking, what a ridiculous question that was, Defoe? Pretty much. Your obsession with some obscure Italian boxer. <laughs> Vito and Afremo. You did like two. <laughs> two Vito questions out of two sets. Uh, probably amazing. pretty weak. I love that. 
Um, all right, so we'll have that for you tomorrow. And then uh, Degenerate Friday is getting uh, more and more ripe with yes. uh, participants and information. So uh, you can look forward to that. That'll feature the professor, Mike Mayo, the gambling gourmet. The Greek has been on there making predictions. Mark yes. Lawrence will be returning soon. Next week, yep. And, uh, yeah, it, it should be a, a lot of fun. And uh, we'll try and work in a little Len Robbins during the course of the season. So uh, a lot to look forward to on our Degenerate Friday show. And then I, I'm, I'm banking on this, Luby. I'm not sure. It hasn't been confirmed yet. The return of John Kajemi yeah, on the Monday shows? Yeah, a week from Monday. A week from Monday. Oh, a week from Monday. Or it might okay. be Monday. It might be this, it might be this Monday. I'm going to, I'll circle back. Okay, it was a week from Monday last Monday. Yeah, it was supposed to be this Monday, and then he couldn't do it, so maybe next Monday. Okay. I'll reach out to him. And All right. Let's hope so. Confirm. I saw him in the background traipsing around in Tampa there. Nice. I'm looking going, that's our guy. That's our guy. That's Kajemi. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a little Dateline Dolphins going every Monday here on the program. And, of course, we expand the conversation once the Dolphins become irrelevant to the rest of the National Football League. We try to include a little of everything on that because uh, John is well-versed. And he's also our golf commentator, yes. which is uh, kind of cool also. All right. Uh, we, we will uh, see you guys tomorrow at nine uh, at 7 in the a.m. And uh, it's been a pleasure being with you. Highly a Park Trivia Challenge goes tomorrow. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time as we leave you know that. The time. It's 9.04. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my soul.